Tonight contains material of a graphic nature. Viewer indiscretion. <laughs> I mean, discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the New Generation Project podcast, where we pay homage to mullet mania and test the limits of acceptable carnival food to be poured down a woman's breasts. <laughs> Viewer indiscretion, I mean discretion, is advised. You, you realise what that's a reference to, right? I'm guessing custard. It was the time you wanted to throw hot custard down, Sonny. Lukewarm. You, you said hot, hot at the time. <laughs> Have you revised it to lukewarm? I, I, I've revised it in the... In the thought that it would do more harm than good. <laughs> you, you also didn't do your sexy voice. Uh, well, I don't have a sexy voice Come on, your tr- proportion. Tr- try a sexy voice for viewer indiscretion. I think lots of people would probably no. disagree with you don't have a sexy voice. I'm sure, I'm sure that lots of people think you've got a very ha- nice voice. Hashtag Adam's sexy voice. <laughs> Today, we'd like to open this episode with the debut performance of the NGP Girls. Take it away, ladies. Well, that was fantastic. Yeah, very, very attractive. What a lovely bunch of young ladies. Splendid. What's he talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't really work in audio form, does it? I mean, we had a great time, but anyone who's listening didn't really get the benefit of that. Yeah, it was, was, trust us, it was smoking hot. What's going on? It's ping pong balls everywhere now. What, what are you talking about? Not a Vietnamese brothel. <laughs> My name is Stuart Brooks, and I'm joined today by our very own Viano 3.14, Paul Scrivens. Hello. And Viano 69, Adam Wikes. Hello. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, thank you. Yeah, yeah, all, all good. I'm glad you didn't do any kind of horrendous 69 gags in the intro. How are you? Yes, very well, thank you. Oh, we've got this week. Yeah. Dan, we, we, we've been on a roll. Well, I was expecting you to do it, and then you just didn't, so I thought no. I would. This oh. is becoming more of a thing than I wanted yeah. it to be. Yeah, I'm I was, sorry. I was thinking if I could do any gags based on the number 69, but I'll, Anything I'll interesting you can tell us about that number? No. Is it the most erotic number? No. What is? 47. <laughs> Why? To Google it. <laughs> And Adam, you you had a very special day as well. Tell us about that. Well, I met Trish Stratus for approximately 10 seconds. (laughs) And in that 10 seconds, did you manage to create a lasting impression on her? I wouldn't say a lasting impression, as I was probably in a queue of about a thousand other people (laughs) trying, you know, to to get done in time so that they could get on with the Q&A sessions. It, It wasn't quite the magical experience I was hoping for. I, I think, though, when she looks back on yesterday, she will pick you out of the crowd for your <laughs> general warmth and charisma and the fact that you're probably the only person she met that looked like Ronnie O'Sullivan. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that's probably it. I'm sure she's got a great understanding of, of world snooker. Yeah. I've heard she's a fan. <laughs> 
And how about your weekend, Scrivens? Good, really good. Had, had a nice time yesterday morning, dancing. How dancing. Mrs. Scrivens? She, she's hung over. <laughs> there's, also, there's a photo that went up of her holding a massive penis. It's inflatable, I might add. He looked genuinely that. worried for a second there. <laughs> she, she's been on a hen night. Ah, uh, uh, well, okay. That looked like one of those scary hen nights. Uh, I don't think it was. She, she was back by midnight here. It was, it was okay, I think. Did, did she bring the giant inflatable phallus home with her? No, no, she didn't. That, that's as much as you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> I gather Mrs. Scrivens went to see Fifty Shades of Grey. That's that's true. She went. She went with a, a group of girls. To... Right. You didn't partake in this. No, I didn't. No. Is that something that could happen in real life? <laughs> Your real life, perhaps. <laughs> well, you were there when she came back, weren't you? And, and you suggested that she pushed things up your bottom or something. Yes. <laughs> no, you didn't. And uh, and she and she said, "Well, you never know." <laughs> <laughs> I was quite appalled, actually. <laughs> Not as much as he will be. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that for you to look forward to. No, but you said, what did you say something about? Because you said basically storyline is rich guy with a helicopter can get women to do whatever he wants. Yes, that, that, that essentially. And she said yes. Yeah. Apparently, apparently that's the way to go. Let's buy a helicopter then. <laughs> I've heard they're quite pricey. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, Mr. President, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, baby. The following are our favourite suggestions. You think you can measure up? I'm flying to the moon like Max. You couldn't keep me down for three. What's that at WrestleMaths? I've heard what you're bringing, and if that's all you've got, then please. Your rhymes are more offensive than Chili McFreeze. You look like all the others, don't need another hater. People look at you like your name is Ken Raper. You look at yourself like you're freaking Lex Luger, but all I see is a worse Bastion Booger. So don't bother trying. Go home, see you later. I'm all over this show like Savio Vega. You can't hold a candle to the talent I possess. The beats I drop make MC Scrivs say... Orgasmic. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was kind of the love child of Paul Bearer and Sonny. <laughs> that sounds like a horrible union. <laughs> I like the way you described us as a union. <laughs> Don't know any other way. Nicholas Sawinski. Sonny inspired me to uninstall Skype from my computer. <laughs> Fair enough. Presumably she did the opposite for you. I've not Skyped with her. Ben Holt. It's the bank holiday. What you doing? Who's with you? <laughs> what you doing? Who's with you? Uh, Mrs. Scrivens and Mrs. Scrivens. <laughs> oh. Is that for him or you? Well, hopefully for him. Okay. Dan Davis says a Bikini Beach Blastoff episode starring Sonny, Sable, Marlena and other mid-carders from 1995. Mitch and Todd Pettingill host the Bikini Beach Blastoff <laughs> with the aforementioned women competing to see who will win the Bikini Beach Blastoff. Jerry the King Lawler is lying on a lilo, being all smug and all that. <laughs> 
Suddenly, he tumbles over the lilo and starts to drown as he can't swim. Pamela Anderson rushes to Lawler's rescue and they swim to shore. Anderson does mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, but it was a Lawler plan all along and he's a wild pervert and starts to get aroused. <laughs> the mid-carders are disgusted and start kicking sand on Lawler. <laughs> Sonny wins the Bikini Beach Blast-Off. <laughs> Very nice. Right, I- I'm actually going to tell you, approximately 80% of that actually happens. <laughs> What? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and, and you will get to watch it. Really? Yeah. I cannot, I cannot wait. Just take out the bits with David Hasselhoff and Pamela Anderson and you've basically got the SummerSlam 96 pre-show. <laughs> Bloody hell. I thought you'd find that amusing, yeah. And my personal favourite of The Human Centipede. Yeah. Just with any. Yeah, just, yeah. just, just glue any three people together. Well, more than three, presumably. How many is, is there in the film? You've seen the film, haven't you? Yes, a, a wonderful romp it is as well. Uh, it's three, ass to mouth. Centipede, then, is somewhat of an exaggeration. I mean, I've not seen the film, so I don't get the reference, but I don't really watch films. Adam, if you had to be, here's a question for you. Sewed in between two people as the middle part of the human centipede, who would you want it to be? Let's edit this now. <laughs> uh, uh, no. <laughs> Lillian Garcia and, and Paige. Who's at the front, who's at the back? No. Uh, Pages at the front. <laughs> Are you disturbed by this conversation? <laughs> I'm quite upset. I can promise you it's not going to get any better. <laughs> Gerbil in the whole match. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start mine. <laughs> uh, artist formerly known as Gold Dust versus Orlando Jordan circa TNA. Richard Gere as special rev. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would tickle me. I didn't put that on your one, Paul. I didn't think you'd read that. Which bit tickled you? <laughs> Richard Gere is the ref, I think. Jerry Lawler's Beaver Invitational. <laughs> I can only I imagine hope... that would be gold. Uh, I hope Jim, Jim the Anvil Ninehearts in there. <laughs> For his magnificent Some facial beaver. beaver. Yeah. That's oh, that it. it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Simon. I would like to have supper with Mrs. Scrivens. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I would ask her to use her best sexy voice and call me Richard Query. <laughs> How do you feel about Mrs. Scrivens going out for dinner with another man? Well, if I could go as well, because I, I don't, you know, I don't want to have to babysit and then have my wife taken out with, by another man. I've been out for dinner with her. With yeah, not Paul without there. me. No, not with Paul. Hang on. <laughs> Stop recording for a minute. What, what, what happened? I just went out for dinner with your wife. When? Oh, ages ago. How long ago? Well, long enough. Do, do we need to challenge you to a duel? You can do. But don't fancy your chances. We need to, we need to get helmets, a, a platform, and those big cotton buds. It's not gladiators. P2 Polonin. Vince decides that the Divas Revolution is not going to work and looks back at the former WWE ladies for inspiration. Following the makeovers of all the excellent women's wrestlers they have, all of them star dressing in tight, revealing outfits with no emotion at all. Everyone from Paige to Eva Marie has been sablified. <laughs> sablified? Yes. Well, this reminds me of Adam's wonderful new idea for women's wrestling in the WWE. Oh, the idea that there should be a women's division and a divas division. So you could take all the people that can actually wrestle... 
Oh, all, okay. all the women that can actually arrest, or should I say, you know, like Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Basically, anyone that comes from from NXT and probably Natalia's pretty decent, isn't she? Mm. And so, so they can have actual wrestling matches that can get given, you know, good statuses and yeah, fifteen minute matches and you know just good storylines and investment. And then, and then you can have your divas division, which is full of women that really can't wrestle, <laughs> like the Bellas. <laughs> And they can just like writhe around in jelly, <laughs> and to, to to be divas champion. This makes a nice butterfly belt. It may surprise you, but I actually think that's a genuinely semi decent idea. That <laughs> yeah. does surprise be, me because not not necessarily the, the pudding, but I think actually separate <laughs> separating out the idea of well, we have actually got two different types of women, types of um, female wrestler, and, and one you know rightly or wrongly is there pretty much fry candy, isn't it? And what I will say, though, is that while you like this idea, you wouldn't like his description of the Divas division that he gave off-air. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, w- it wasn't wrestling in jelly. But I, I think it is, it is a genuinely decent idea to separate them out because what happens is you have good wrestlers come out of NXT and then you mix them in with the tripe on Raw and before you know it... Everybody's being dragged down rather than being dragged up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think, no matter how many really good women's wrestlers you put into the Divas division on Raw, it's not going to elevate it up because there's no chance for elevation in it. Yeah. All it does is is demean good women's wrestlers by putting them in that Divas division. So put the butterfly belt on the line in a gravy bowl match instead. Yeah. We did, we did actually watch that recently on a random old episode of SmackDown. What? Uh, there oh, was yeah, a match yeah. where it was, it was who was it? It was like it's Ivory cat, the Cat it? and Jacqueline wrestling in gravy. It was yeah, it was it was, was slippy it, and messy. Was it a hot gravy? <laughs> I don't think it was boiling, no. Having a wrestling match whilst wearing a bikini and searing hot gravy <laughs> would, would be a very unpleasant thing to watch. While as this gravy match was actually quite good fun. <laughs> It was one, wasn't it, where... where Technical classic. Where, <laughs> it was basically Dean Malenko Ultimo Dragon <laughs> in gravy. It's where they have to, they have to call like, the EMT Yeah, Barbara team Bush. And, yeah. and BB comes down, and instead of being <laughs> assisting anyone, I think Ivory just tears her top off. But, but it's really <laughs> awkward, because she stands there for ages while Ivory's trying to rip her top off. So that's the sort of quality I'd expect from the Divas division. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. You good plan. Yeah. Oh dear. What was wrestling thinking? <laughs> the right stuff. What is Adam thinking? The wrong stuff. You realise the period we're watching now, like what we were just talking about is what wrestling evolves into, right? Yeah. <laughs> I use the word evolve loosely. Mutate. I, Mutate I is better. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Blythe. Melina. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if that's a ride or an attraction or both. A fun fair game. Not sure. Uh, we also like absurdism. Yes. Be a log flume. <laughs> <laughs> Explain yourself. No. <laughs> Richard Query. <laughs> Sorry, Richard Query. Paul is pulling just the most <laughs> seductive face while selling your name. It's just I've said that name so many times because that was the original one that I got stuck on, isn't it? It was, yes. And and so I think that there was still a lot left in the show. Yes. But you edited out a lot. Yeah. yeah. I must have said that about 50 times that day. Nick Walcott. Sable is proud of the grind, and so she should be. Actually, her tits. Just her tits. <laughs> 
<laughs> that one broke Paul. I think he's got some sort of brain freeze. Sort of brain freeze. Like I've got a cough, and when I cough, it hurts my head. Do you want some painkillers? No, I just shouldn't laugh. Okay, then. Okay. We'll try and make this episode as not funny as possible. <laughs> Matt Blythe. Melina. <laughs> I don't get that. I just, I just laugh, but I don't get it. No. Is I that think... the wrestler, the, the request, or both? In this instance, I think Matt Blythe is requesting Melina. <laughs> which sounds a bit like she's being held hostage. It's fair enough. Adam. No, no, you, you actually can't say that. Sam Fagans. Shawn Michaels must defend his honour as the sexiest boy in the WWF by defeating a challenger with sexiness alone, <laughs> including stripping, gyrating, mooning and inappropriate touching. <laughs> the first annual gay chicken match is set against a perennial bromance Triple H. <laughs> the fuck? Paul's trying to look like he's not pissing <laughs> How far will they go to make the other quit? To prevent interference, gold dust is suspended <laughs> above the ring in a steel cage by Don't Ask, Don't Tell era Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> Halfway through the match, the WWF abandons this un-PG storyline and Sean pins Vader. <laughs> <laughs> so his friend doesn't have to job. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, very good. Chris Palmer. Techno Team 2000's resolution is 1080p. <laughs> excellent Th- thoroughly excellent have you boys got any new year's resolutions not really you to, to try and lose some weight and breathe better <laughs> better <laughs> respiratory health <laughs> can, can I'm it, not a smoker can it be to do your fucking shirt up? <laughs> no but it might be to get a more appropriately fitting shirt so what I've got at the minute is uh, I've got kind of my top well I've not got my very top buttons done up my collar's not done up my next two buttons this is descending my next two buttons have gone up and um, I'm missing three out of the minute which leaves a hole from my nipple line to my navel and then I've got my, my final one done up I must say it's very off-putting <laughs> Adam you're not set opposite this no I, I can look away <laughs> I feel like gold just in that picture yeah you look like it <laughs> except less gold <laughs> Harry Green I would also love to take out the new Gen Podcast very own Adam Whites out for a super supper. We would just lick hot custard off Sonny. <laughs> the perfect meal. <laughs> I would say you want to make sure the custard isn't too hot. <laughs> no, I think the time that came up, you specified the custard needed to be hot. Well, it be hot, but, but not searing hot. Okay. Tepid. Well, Te- tepid custard. <laughs> about sort of um, 50 degrees. I think 50 degrees would still feel quite hot on the skin. I think it'd feel toasty. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I don't think it would sear the skin off. Okay. Austin Beatty. And I love this suggestion, by the way. Richard Query. (laughs) (laughs) For making all of our ideas look bad. And for stealing Paul's heart from Mrs. Going's well. I I have a very, very fondness for Richard Query. Not not so fond as, as Mrs. Scrivens, though, so you don't need to worry about it. Mrs. Scrivens that. is really fond of Richard Query. She probably would be. Wouldn't it be dramatic if Richard Query had an affair with Mrs. Scrivens? That's the shock ending to the podcast, you realise that, right? <laughs> the love triangle. <laughs> well, you're just happy because there's maths involved. Yes. I love love triangles. Matt Gallagher says, Sonny joins the cast 
The plot is her and Pam Anderson are sluts. <laughs> I, I, I like it. I like it. it. It's straight into the point. Is that it? That is it. <laughs> Brandon Sears. Are you still doing your sexy voice from earlier? Brandon Sears. <laughs> Hogan and Savage take on the unlikely trio of New Jack, Brother Love and Dude Love. I have no real desire to see the match or oh, like desire. I just want to see Hogan. <laughs> I just want to see Hogan cut a promo on three guys with the names Dude, Jack and Brother, the Who's on first of wrestling promos. <laughs> Do you remember Late Night Love? That was disturbing. With Graham Torrington. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I'm going to start some sort of online petition for Late Night Love with Paul Scrippins. Featuring Paul's Deep Bath. Yeah. Late Paul's Night Scrippins. Deep <laughs> Is that going to be a thing now that you do? Yes. Jeremiah Allen. Skype with Sonny Boppit. <laughs> Bop it, pull it, twist it, pull it, pull it. Pull it, pull it. <laughs> Have you ever played Bop It? Yeah, it's good fun. It is good fun. Isn't it? Have you ever played Skype with Sonny? No. Graham Prentice, Eva Marie, Adam Wikes, and Vader to see who the stiffest man is. <laughs> well, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? I think what I'd do is 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 I'd push Eva Marie forwards. She she she'd, she'd get a wallop from Vader. Then, as he was a bit shocked that he hit a woman, and while she was concussed, I'd, they'd be able to smuggle her out the ring and run off. <laughs> no? No? As ever, thank you very much for all of your suggestions. I think opening it up to some non-wrestling-related answers provided us with some fun different topics to discuss, as well as providing us with an insight into the psyche of some of our listeners. <laughs> and at the end there, a really interesting insight into Adam's psyche that I wasn't too shocked at, if I'm honest. Oh, thanks. Hey, hey, you're looking pretty good today. I know, you're not so bad yourself. You know, I'm talking to you out there. You know the family of two that takes up a whole 10-person sectional? I'm here today to show you what a body's supposed to look like. Notice the tricep area. No flabby skin. Notice the chins. There is only one. This is what a body is supposed to look like. This is perfection. You know, we don't have to work at being this beautiful. We're gifted. We were born this way. You know, we don't really have to work out like this to look the way we do. This is just to show you people what you could do if you had the motivation. You could up off that couch and just run back and forth the refrigerator all day. This is what you could do to get in shape. <laughs> It'll never happen. So forget about it. You can never be as beautiful as us. I'm Sunny. I'm Skip. And we're, we're the, the Body, body Donners. I've got to be honest, I'm quite a big fan of Sunny. Yeah. I was going to say that she's done nice work, but I guess some surgeons have done nice work as well. Is that all you've got to say? I really don't know how I'd go into anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, we saw Sunny, didn't we? Yes, we did see Sunny, um, actually, yeah. Last, last year? Last November, yeah. Yeah, at this sort of... It was Collectomania co- in Milton Keynes, yeah. yeah. And we didn't talk to her, but we saw her there signing Basically things. there, wrestler-wise, who did they have? They had... MVP. MVP, Bobby Lashley. Nash. Kevin Nash. Maria and Sonny, is that it? That That's sounds all right. the big ones, yeah. We we went and we had a chat with MVP for about 15 minutes, didn't we? That, that was quite good. Yeah, he was a nice bloke. And then we went and had a chat with Maria for a bit, and Sonny was sat next to her, wasn't she? Mm. But there was a kind of, I didn't want to give her money. Like, I'd feel bad giving, you know, Ric Flair money. Like, I feel like he's just going to waste that. On another marriage. Yeah, Sonny, I kind of feel the same way. But to be fair, she didn't look bad at all. No. Considering some of the horror pictures and stories you hear about her, jail, 
cancer rehab. All she sorts. had cancer? She says she had cancer. Unconfirmed. Yeah. And these days, obviously, she's whoring herself on Skype. So Really? How much for? $100 will get you 10 minutes and you can see everything. It's not bad, really, is it? Happy birthday to <laughs> you. Yeah, that'll probably work. Our next episode will be 10 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be Adam talking to Sonny on Skype. It'll be a video podcast as well. It's just, it's bizarre. Yeah. Because I know that she's kind of a big deal and she's been put into the Hall of Fame and things, isn't it? And to know that you can just pay for naked Skype chats with her now is, I don't know, it's it's not quite at the level of China, is it? It's not far off. That sort of devastation, but it's, yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, I think the other thing to note as well is she's the only person that the WWE will refuse to pay for rehab for anymore. That's very telling. Like, and, and that's a list that encompasses Jake Roberts and Scott Hall. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah, the fact that there, she had an episode, I think, a few months ago and they put out a statement saying, you know, Miss Sitch continues to make poor personal decisions and as such we won't support her. Yeah, it's a sad story. Obviously, Candido dies in 2005, I think it is. And I get the feeling, you know, she may have never really rebounded from that. So it's it's a little bit of a sad story. Did she stick with Candido? She's with him. She has dalliances with other people we'll discuss over the next couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Paul, your thoughts? You're staying remarkably quiet during this conversation. I don't know. They've got much to input. <laughs> but back here in 1995, she does look beautiful. And she is actually a genuine wrestling fan as well. And I she think, talks the on the mic and she's really good on the mic. Oh. So it kind of comes across that, yeah, she's not just another pretty face she's not a sable type person no she's actually a fan of the sport and will therefore put some effort into it i'll definitely concur with that her i thought her mic work for somebody so young was really very very accomplished and precise and on her first pay-per-view appearance ever as well which you think would be quite a nervy situation i thought she did very well at ringside in this match as well i thought she was a very she's active she yeah. was a very good manager at this point, as far as I'm concerned, for, for a female manager. I thought, very good. Yeah. Her so, ass looks great. Paul's you going to agree with that anything. one, Paul? Oh, I'm not going to comment. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of us should have some dignity. <laughs> Pyro goes off and the big picture of Sonny from SummerSlam is unveiled, but it's been defaced. Oh, in shocking ways. Supposedly by Bulldog and Owen. She has a beard, a pair of glasses, and a stripy top and some funny hair. Uh, it was it was a hilarious, but b also it must have taken a lot of time to. It's a big poster, and there is going to be a portion of the crowd that can't see what's going on again. Sunny is livid about it, but there are actually way worse things they could have drawn on that picture. Yeah, it's like the the tamest defacement I've ever seen. Adam, you're an artist. What would you have drawn to deface that picture? A dozen penises surrounding her face. <laughs> that that would have been worse, right? Yeah, very possibly. Why a dozen? Good number, isn't it? Baker's dozen, then, 13 of them. <laughs> Seems overkill. And they, you write different people's names on each one, and definitely one would be Jose Lothario. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and it's also, that's quite a long name if you're writing the whole thing. It's a massive picture. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and just to piss him off, you would draw the one that says Shawn Michaels really small. Yeah. Well, you just put HBK. <laughs> <laughs> Out comes Sonny, looking super awesome with the smoking guns. Yeah, kind of like leather, bra, denim shorts combo. Jerry Lawler has begun making his pervert noises, so we're going to see him morph into that character now. Is this a good time to mention the rumours about Sonny and Vivid Video? As good a time as any. Have you read this then, Paul? I've received some tweets <laughs> from people. S- saying? 
well mentioning a rumour and then I, I don't know I kind of read them and thought I want I'll stay out of it <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of what I thought do you know who Vivid Video are I, I have an awareness they are a porno company okay and and who have they made pornos with Adam do they do the China stuff oh so they're, they're kind of like a niche porno company <laughs> and operates with ex-WWE performers so she was threatening to block and delete people on Twitter who asked her about it, but Vivid themselves are saying that actually, yes, we're close to signing a deal. So we'll see what happens. Episode 39 will be... <laughs> Russell Math's horse is sick. He thinks it's dying. He won't be here. I'm, I'm really confused about what's, what's Do you want to review thing? a porno with Sonny in it? No. I didn't think so. Uh, I mean, I definitely think, what would Mrs. Scriven say about that? <laughs> she could watch it with you. I don't think Randy Orton's in it, but... <laughs> Probably quite realistic. It could definitely happen in real life. Yeah. They've offered the money to do it. <laughs> Maybe, Adam, that can be your jewel present to Mrs. Scrivens, striptease and a copy of Sonny's porno. Is that appropriate to buy your mate's wife? I'm going to answer that no. <laughs> when Michaels turns away, Sonny picks up the cake and looks to throw it in Sean's face. But unfortunately for her, Ahmed Johnson shoves it in her face. It's the oh. one thing she didn't want to happen. Sunny is covered in cake. Michaels helps her get some of it off by licking it off her face. Yes, this was also really bizarre <laughs> and predatory. I mean, I mean, who doesn't like cake? I mean, I, I, get, I get that, but eat it off a plate. To, to, to lick it off a person is demented. Demented, yes. Well, Vince says perhaps he likes the icing. Again, everybody likes icing. Michaels celebrates in the ring, and somewhere in this, Jerry Lawler did mention that the match hasn't officially started. I, I thought this was the best opening to Raw ever. 1996, sunny, covered in cake. 500 stars. Yeah. She looks a bit like a plasterer's radio. <laughs> Maybe in future scenes. Maybe in future there. scenes. Still not been confirmed or denied. <laughs> Still not? No. Oh it's dropped off the radar a bit. One of the things that, that I thought with this opening, though, is I definitely thought that the teased the caking for a bit longer. Obviously, we all knew it was going to happen as soon as she wheeled it out. Yeah. But it just happened all very quickly. I thought they'd have teased it for longer. No, it's just straight, straight to the point. Straight to the point. It's got it, gonzo angles. Yes. And and it's a bit different from modern Raws. You know, it didn't open with a 20-minute Triple H and Stephanie promo. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been bizarre if it had back in the day. Well, yeah. It didn't open with a 20-minute promo by The Cake. <laughs> just 30 seconds in her of, face, job done. Of 30 seconds promo cake. <laughs> also, they should have run down the cake. It weighs... <laughs> A pound. Hailing from the oven. How much does this cake weigh? (laughs) Yeah, how much does this cake weigh? Quite quite a lot. It seemed to crumble, did you notice, in like one massive piece onto the floor? Yeah, I mean, I think it was... It was thinner than it originally looked when it was on the little table. The cake stand. Yeah. Probably a bit more like one of those giant tray Tray, cakes. Yeah, it was a bit more of a tray cake. But, you know, it looked like a good layer of Victoria's sponge. Yeah. I imagine it'd be quite tasty. Yeah. But, But if you could have covered Sunny in a dessert, what dessert would you have picked? Tiramisu. Trifle. Definitely trifle. Adam? And I only say tiramisu not to be demented because I really like tiramisu. Custard. Well, see, see, I think I covered that with trifle, plus you get cream. <laughs> no, just hot custard. <laughs> hot that, custard? That's where she might get some kind of burns. <laughs> <laughs> Turn her into, like, the female cane. <laughs> awful, <laughs> awful custard-related injuries. <laughs> On the subject of Sonny, uh, at the behest of other people, I have flicked my way through Sonny's porno video. You watched 90 seconds of you it. You flicked your way through. <laughs> That's an unfortunate <laughs> <experience>. <laughs> 
Well, You've got notes for it, I can see. Yeah, more than I have for the normal shows. Well, <laughs> diagrams, diagrams. Uh, well, actually, our, our bonus content this week is Paul's audio commentary on the entire yeah. movie. Get, get to hear his live reactions. Go to soundcloud.com slash newgenpodcast <laughs> to, to check that one out. Don't say that, because people might believe you. Yeah. Well, it's quite upsetting, because they market it on the back of pictures of her from our timeline. So there's like a photo of her from... You know, I don't know, 96, 97 or something like that. And then it kind of cuts into it and she doesn't really look like the same person. She's, I mean, she has been bigger, hasn't she? Didn't she get like, like pretty big, pretty massive at some point? So she's not that big, but she just <laughs> don't look right. <laughs> no, I, no, what, what could happen is I can see your, your notes over there. <laughs> That's very unfortunate, yes. <laughs> Has he drawn a picture? No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, overall, it's not overly erotic and quite upsetting. <laughs> and Three and, she, and a half penises. <laughs> <laughs> Out of five or ten. And she, she appears to have an annihilated anus as well. <laughs> The amount of requests we actually got for you to watch that <laughs> is quite disturbing. I know, and I kind of felt like I had to watch it. That was the weird thing. Yeah. Because, you know, when people are asking you to watch it, and, yeah, right, I'll watch it, but not really worth a watch, I would say. I wonder if 20 years from now people will be begging you to watch Eva Marie's recently released pornography. Uh, we can only hope. Interestingly enough, because I follow Sonny on Twitter, because why wouldn't you? She was always, before she got incarcerated or something, talking about Skype and how people should Skype call her. And she stopped doing that now. And she's talking about everything she seems to tweet is about Snapchat. There's another social media thing that I don't don't, really understand. So Snapchat's that thing where you get a photo that vanishes after a couple of seconds or something like that? I don't know. That's what I was led to believe Snapchat was. So do you pay her money and she sends you like a picture of a tip that vanishes after two seconds? (laughs) Because that just doesn't seem just, worth it. Just one in general. <laughs> just, just any. Just any I, breast. I'd hope it'd be one of hers. <laughs> Dunno. Find out. Don't, Adam. Should, should I investigate how much it is to receive a Snapchat? I'd have to download Snapchat then and find out what it's all about. Well, so, you've got about... Can, um, someone could tweet me what Snapchat is actually all about and save me the bother of trying. Well, you've got about three weeks between us recording this episode and the next one. So spend it Snapchatting Sunny, I guess. Would it be a protracted conversation? I don't think so. I'm not sure you... That's the thing. I'm not sure you can have conversations over Snapchat, can you? Or is it just sending pictures? No, I think I think you could probably do text as well. I get, like, if it was just, what's the point? Really, what is the point? <laughs> oh, I don't know. You realise this entire conversation makes us so old? We, we, we are. We, we, we are old, but like, the whole thing is... What is the point? Because I think maybe sometimes younger people don't get that there's not a point to what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sometimes the old-fashioned way of using chalk on a bit of slate is much better. <laughs> Do you just send letters everywhere instead of Facebook? Yeah, I, I often send letters. With a picture in it? To yeah, who? Hand-drawn. And do people send it back to you with a thumbs-up stamped on it? No, not Nigel Wansell that time. That was when you were like eight, five. <laughs> Todd tells us that yes, he has his VCR set and interviews some knobhead in the crowd. What could they be discussing? 
Todd asks William, who is in Sonny's sex tape, with William suggesting that it might be the six million dollar man, but he wishes it was him. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Vince suggests it might be Farouk in the sex tape. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's having one of his faux heart attacks again. Savio and Farouk do that electric chair spot that Farouk really likes. (laughs) But this gruelling matchup prevents Savio from making the cover for ages. Are you alright there? My eyes are hurting. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to my lair of love. As you can see here, I have my favorite Christmas present of all. Tickle me Elmo. Now everybody knows that's the hottest Christmas present this season. So of course the hottest woman in the World Wrestling Federation just had to have one. But you're probably all wondering who that special man in my life is. Who's the man that I make love to each and every night? Is he tall, dark, and handsome? Or maybe blonde and muscular? Well, you're about to meet him. Come on in, baby. Mmm. There you go. Come to mama. Dance for me, honey. There you go. What a body. What a body. Come here. That's right. It's not tickle me, Elmo. No. It's his big, strong, very big, bad, very big older brother, Fonzo me, Elmo. Oh, oh yeah. Make me sunny. Come here. Oh. <laughs> Are you ready for me, baby? Sunny sex tape, Adam, take us through it. Starts off promising, Sunny is on a bed. She's got an Elmo doll. That's weird. Then a massive Elmo walks into the room, <laughs> where it should be like a plumber or a TV repairman or something, but no, it's it's a massive Elmo. It's a, a fondle me Elmo. Is this like a real thing? Tickle me Elmo was like the biggest selling toy around this See, time. That's, that, that does fondle sound me a Elmo, bit not so much. I just love the way that they must have had some kind of sanction from Sesame Street to do this. <laughs> Could you imagine the Jim Henson company being that happy about this? <laughs> no, it's just going on with their other string of of 
Sesame Street <laughs> sex tape. Next week, Kermit the Frog fists. <laughs> <laughs> and Oscar the Grouch bangs Marlena in his bin. Anyway, While ca- Big Bird looks on. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Big Bird would have to star in something. <laughs> well, you know, Elmo obviously gets out his massive three-foot furry penis and starts spanking her around a bit with it. But no, <laughs> actually, what well, happens... Let's, let's cut all that, that's disgusting. <laughs> what, what happens is the screen goes black and we get some funny noises. Can, can you recreate some of them? I don't I think, th- I think they're, they're, they're just like boing and stuff like that, aren't they? Yeah, the, the Chuckle Brothers sex noises <laughs> will describe them as. To me, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Are they having sex with each other? <laughs> and and then, then the lights come back on and Elmo needs a cigarette. <laughs> Also, Which I like think, actually, <laughs> from the makers of Sesame Street, not only have they implicated that one of your beloved characters and biggest selling toy is actually having sex with a wrestling manager, but also is a smoker. Well, he also seems to have lost something. Well, I don't know. Yes, he, he doesn't know where his cock is. <laughs> but I don't see why this should make a difference. He didn't have a cock in the first place. Well, like, has having sex made him realise that he hasn't got a penis? Or did it come off during the act? Well, where was he keeping it? In Sunny. <laughs> I guess. Anyway, this was, as, uh, I don't know, as far as sex tapes go, crap. <laughs> as, as far as television goes, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't seem satisfied. <laughs> How about you, Paul, were you? I just thought the whole thing was, again, it was a... Bad idea, badly executed. <laughs> you show it to Mrs. Scrivens, just to see what her take on it would be. No, no, but... You perhaps should. Yeah, OK, yeah, yeah. For the record, it was Todd Pettingill in the Elmo costume. Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Mm. He had all the best jobs. Growing Mirror Universe beards. Dressing calling up. Hillbilly Jim an inbred. Dressing up as Elmo. <laughs> well, that was different. Well, that was it. That, that, that was the, the sales pitch of this episode of Shotgun Saturday Night and it was shit so the rest of it's bound to be good here we go this is my one of my favourite parts well 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 why go to the movies when you can stay home and see me the one the ladies call Big Daddy the one who already slept with the general's daughter and the one who truly knows how to inspect her gadget. I am dripping with sarcasm as your girlfriend is dripping from orgasm for I am the quintessential stud muffin and a goodness Gracious, great balls of fire, goddamn handsome man, Joel, whether the ladies are home or here in Dayton, they're watching me and masturbating, Gertner. Cutting back from the video, Joel Gertner introduces himself and the ECW Tag Team Champions from the legendary fighting town of Dudleyville, Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley. 
Gertner, a.k.a. the quintessential stud muffin, is the Dudley's personal ring announcer and is relatively tame here, but I'd like to defer to Adam as I've passed on several Joel Gertner quotes to him that he can share with us throughout the show. Shall I start us off with one now? Why not? So this is how Joel Gertner introduces himself at various events, Paul. Bigger and better than the Titanic, because only 400 women went down on the Titanic. He's trying not to laugh. He's trying not to laugh. I'm trying not to laugh, and I'm trying to not say what was wrestling thinking. Do, do you want another one? Yeah, go on. I drink vodka, I drink scotch, but your mother drinks from my crotch. Uh, and, and most of these kind of oral <laughs> sex related. Actually, yeah, yeah, kind of, most of them. You'll marvel at my size as I put it between your thighs. That's not to do with fellatio. <laughs> <laughs> So now you see what the intros at the start were. They were were meant to be Gertner ones. Joel Gertner enters the ring after the bout as the crowd yells, fuck him up, fuck him up. (laughs) Gertner claims that on the stud muffin scoring system, (laughs) the Dudleys won by a score of 86 to 83 to retain the titles. At least it was close. So the Eliminators hit another total elimination to another big pop. And I think that was the best one. They really cleaned his clocks. Whenever I've seen footage of Gertner in like the documentary, he always seems to be wearing a neck brace. Is it yeah. because of this? Correct. Okay. Seriously? He sells this injury for like three years. Brilliant. <laughs> Give us another one of his things. Go on, while I'm still feeling brave. I like blowjobs from the north. Stop. <laughs> but I love them from the south. So shut up, sweetie, and put my balls in your mouth. <laughs> you really regret asking that now, don't you? Uh, is that the worst one? Please tell me. No, there's a real chunky one there that I'm saving for a very special moment. Okay. <laughs> is it, that's not his intro, is it? Yeah. No, no. The, where he says, I've got a real chunky one, but I'm saving it for a special moment. <laughs> <laughs> on, on another point, can we just adopt the stud muffin scoring system <laughs> for the rest of the podcast? I think our decimated scribbins on this podcast on that scoring system. Yeah, even, even though he beat me in the uh, the competition at the start, and then when we get to like Survivor Series '97 and like <laughs> Sh- Sean beats Brett by submission, we can go. Well, actually, on the stunning scoring <laughs> system, Brett wins by seventy-one to three. Oh, so. I'm just going to call myself Hot Body Scribbins. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see if I can do this in one. Despite what the Florida Tourism Board has been feeding all of you ignorant people. It is I, every female's top tourist destination, and the man whose crotch is truly the happiest place on earth, the man who makes Minnie Mouse's panties wet, and the man who has just last night helped Daisy Duck fulfil her dreams as she took one for the team, and I made her squeal and scream as I filled her full of cream. It is I, the bacon in her eggs, the man for whom she begs, and the face between her legs. That's pretty good. It's almost like you've said that before. <laughs> That's deplorable. <laughs> <laughs> They're not real. They're not real. <laughs> what, Minnie Mouse and Daisy Duck? No. I, I don't think it matters. Is it, did he do one of these every time he came out? I believe so. Wow. That's dedication to your craft. Give Scrivens another short one. <laughs> so much innuendo in this episode. Brilliant. <laughs> the girls like to call me Fred Flintstone because they love the way I make their beds rock. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very old though, isn't it? Uh, okay try another I'm like the middle of the litter box I'm always surrounded by pussy (laughs) 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 only if there's several cats (laughs) because otherwise you'll just be adjacent to a cat (laughs) (laughs) 
But I guess that doesn't have the same kind of innuendo to it. Oh, my, my, my. Would you look at that beautiful, gorgeous waistline on Pamela Anderson. But you know something, Pammy, baby? The Heartbreak Kid's got a pretty lean, mean waistline himself. Yeah, well, you're a little gutless. Oh, but honey, the waistline of the Heartbreak Kid's gonna be getting just a little bit bigger come WrestleMania. You wanna know why? I'm gonna tell you anyway because I know you wanna know. Because the Heartbreak Kid come WrestleMania is gonna be strapping the World Wrestling Federation title around this sleek waist. Adam, why don't you tell us about Pamela Anderson? It's got a whole separate section of notes. Yeah, much yeah. more comprehensive than for the rest of the paper. We figured this could be his gimmick after the Chuck Norris thing. Although there's no amusing Pamela Anderson facts. I, just, I don't know. The, I'm, I'm sure there's some out there. Pamela okay, Anderson then. can slam a revolving door. Yeah, yeah she probably when, can. When Pamela Anderson jumps into a swimming pool, she doesn't get wet. The water gets Pamela Anderson. <laughs> right, then. You, you can't search Pamela Anderson on Google. <laughs> Something about she finds you. <laughs> Can't remember the punchline. <laughs> I've got like a brief history of Pamela Anderson over about three pages. Uh, <laughs> That's more than your notes for the wrestling. Oh, completely, yeah. Although uh, I leave big spaces in between the uh, the lines. Yeah, so. and your handwriting there is a bit shaky. <laughs> <laughs> I was having to do it with my left hand. <laughs> <laughs> When you say you Googled Pamela Anderson, are we talking image search? At one point, but, but pri- primarily it was from different bio sites. Okay, okay, let's I, go. Like, any of the information I can't really state as being 100% accurate because the, the account seemed to differ from site to site. She first site came to prominence in 1989 when she was spotted at a Canadian Football League game wearing a, a Labatt's shirt. And How bizarre. And then she was put up on like, the big Titantron type screen and everyone sort of like... Jerked inst- instantly, yeah, stood up to attention. And uh, they decided they'd make her the face of Labatt's. So she did that. She then got picked up in October that year to be on Playboy first time. And she did the last Playboy cover in 2011. That makes her... She did the most covers of anyone ever. She started off acting in Home Improvement, yeah. which I think With was Tim shown. Allen. Yeah, I think it was shown a lot. Channel, Channel 4. 4. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And then she got the part in uh, Baywatch, which I guess is what she's most famous for. Uh, she was in from 92 to 98. And apparently a reunion movie in 2003 called Hawaiian Wedding. Which Sounds I've, great. Which I've never heard of before, but I'm sure it's awful. But ordered off Amazon. <laughs> I, I didn't, but I might. She was just in like, loads of bad movies, like Snapdragon in 93 and Raw Justice in 94. Snapdragon. I know, I, I don't know what that is. Barb Wire is the only one that I'd really I know heard that, of because yeah. that was a, a big deal in 96. That's uh, that's the one with Sabu in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Paul. Yeah, he's the love interest. <laughs> isn't uh, the love triangle with yeah. Abyss as well? <laughs> uh, Abyss, Sabu, and Pamela Anderson <laughs> starring Barb Wire. This oh. sounds like it's in TNA, so there's definitely a pole involved. <laughs> and then she, uh, she kind of then slipped into what is mainly cameo roles I think so she was in Scooby-Doo in 2002 and Borat in 2006 yes, which, which, yeah. was, which was very very funny she married Tommy Lee yeah. after knowing him for four days <laughs> yeah, in February 1995 and she had two sons with him they got divorced in 98 they reconciled later on and split up again finally in 2008 she contracted hepatitis C from apparently sharing a tattoo needle mm, with sounds him. likely 
seems very odd, really. But she didn't announce that until 2002. She then got engaged to a Marcus Schenkenberg. I don't know who that is, and they broke up in 2001. Then she got engaged to Kid Rock. I remember that. And then broke up in 2003, but then married him in July 2006. And then filed for divorce in November 2006. And then in October 2007, married this... Some, some things state him as being a film producer, but I think he's one of those people that's famous for being famous. You know, sort of general celebrity. Called a Rick Salomon. So she married him in October 2007, then they annulled the marriage in February 2008. Fucking hell. Then she started trying to see Tommy Lee again in 2008, and then she married this Salomon guy in January of this year. Now, he's an interesting character, so I clicked on, <laughs> I clicked on him, and he was, a mari- he was married to Elizabeth Daly, who's like a voice actress. Oh, wasn't she in Rugrats? Yes, yeah, yeah. The voice, that's what she's most famous for. And he was married to Shannon Doherty. Okay. And Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah, no, it means nothing to Scrivens. Yeah. Yeah. Mole rats, yes, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Rats. My face said it all. And this is very interesting. He was the guy in the Paris Hilton sex tape. Because <laughs> okay. he was going out with her. And basically that all just ended with Sue, 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 Sue. Oh, cross, cross lawsuits all over, the, all over the place. Obviously, there was the sex tape that was released on the internet in 1995. And apparently there was another tape made before or the Tommy Lee one with Brett Michaels from Poison. Okay. I know. But he managed to put a block on that before it was released. And then just various other things. She's been in loads of Big Brothers. I don't know if these are all accurate, but apparently she's been in like Big Brother for Australia, India, Bulgaria, Germany, and the UK. Jesus Christ. Now, I know she was definitely in the UK yeah, one. Yeah. I remember that. But and how many times was she married there? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Probably in every one. To John McCurick. <laughs> she... <laughs> Apparently she wrote a, a letter to Barack Obama trying to encourage him to legalise marijuana. It did not say that he it, responded. It's legal in a couple of states it is now, now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, maybe that's her doing. Well done, Pam. I did come across... Have anyone ever heard of a website called Unencyclopedia? No. It just seems to be like Wikipedia, but full of absolute bullshit. <laughs> and I found, I found, I found her, her page on it, and after reading about two lines, I thought, no, this is crap. But it did list her favourite books on there, and two of those being Boob Explosion... <laughs> And stick your pole in my asshole. <laughs> and you ordered those off Amazon as well, presumably. I don't, I, I don't think they exist. And then obviously the, one, one of the things that she's most famous for is having breast implants. I can't work out when she actually got them, but sometime in the early 90s, after the first Playboy and before she did Baywatch, and she went up to a D cup. And then in 1999, had them lowered to a C cup. Um, and then in 2005, had it boosted up to banging double Ds. And which are your personal favourites? Probably the D cup Baywatch era ones. Okay. And there you go, that is the rundown of Pamela Anderson. That was Celebrity Watch with Adam White. In a nutshell. <laughs> Can I, can I share some more amazing acting with you? Go on, then. I'll make all your wishes come, come true. true. Yeah, I noted that, don't This dialogue is straight out of a Nigella Lawson cooking programme. Mm. Oh, I've not seen any Nigella recently. She, she's still great. Are you hungry? Let's just say my appetite is voracious. Voracious, yes. Sex. They're going to have sex. It mm. might just be a nice burger. He's dropped it by now as, as well, hasn't he? He's dropped his bloody walkie-talkie. Yes. Right in the water. Well, she said... She says she's going to make all his wishes come true. Mm. I wonder what David Chikachi is wishing for. If Pamela Anderson could make all your wishes come true, Adam, what would that be? (laughs) 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 I might believe. (laughs) If we still didn't have Thunder in Paradise to cover, I'd be off now. (laughs) That's why we did this one first. I thought it was quite peculiar that Drew Barrymore was included in this. Yeah, it, why, do, do we know why these 
celebrities were included in this? She had a very prominent tattoo done in 1997, which was it's a butterfly just above sort of like the the belt line, and that's like her most famous tattoo. So I'm guessing that's what it's in reference to. But as if she was going to show up to accept it, or oh, even yeah. film a video saying thank you very much for my slammy more interestingly tommy lee was in there and i believe it's because he got married to pamela anderson in 1997 who's pamela anderson you know this and (laughs) but instead of like exchanging wedding rings they exchanged tattoos so she had tommy tattooed around her ring finger and he had pamela tattooed across the length of his cock (laughs) what this explaining my feeling that he should have won best tattoo because that well, it takes balls. <laughs> That'd be a really interesting episode of Tattoo Fixes, wouldn't that it? Would. <laughs> they do do some things like that. Really? Yeah. Just, they shouldn't. I've changed it to Bamala. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually says cook past Bamfridge. <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous Mark Merrow and Sable make their way to the ring to not as big a pop as I was expecting, really. Especially once the crowd realise that Sable is actually there. Mm. It's the outfit. I think everyone was expecting something like they'd been used to seeing. But 
this, I guess, her spillage uh, from an episode of, was it Raw or Shotgun? Or, Raw, yeah. That's way too important for Shotgun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must have made them think that because Sable's breasts seem to have this incredible way of spitting in the face of gravity and need to be contained a bit better, and now she's going to actually have to do something, you better make something a bit more robust. In, in all fairness, I, I thought that it was a, is a pretty good outfit in the fact that it looks like she's there to actually compete. Yes. But it's still, without wanting to sound crude, sexy. Well, not, not sexy. Um, <laughs> makes the most of her assets, shall we say. I'm not entirely sure that it does. <laughs> they've, they've kind of sorted out the top, but they've tried to, to counterbalance it with the bottom. So you can see a lot of the bottom, like three inches of her ass cheeks. Because I think there's less chances of a butt falling out. <laughs> While as a top's been built with kind of boob spillage absorbing crumple zones to make sure that there's no removal of anything. Although they've fucking touted this as an X rated WrestleMania. So I think that would be the perfect way of fulfilling that promise. <laughs> what you can't see right now is currently just Paul just shaking his head. Thought she looked quite good, but she's looked better. I don't know. I, thought, I, I think I, I actually think it is kind of fairly sensible for, for for what she's doing tonight. It's more sensible, and she's also got a hair tied in a more sensible style. Yes, um, to actually do some sort of competing. Hmm. Mero hits his slingshot leg drop back inside and heads to the top rope. He nails a shooting star press, the wild thing, which pops the crowd. Oh, I think it's pretty good. It's that good. I, th- I thought he was almost didn't turn enough. Right. Yeah, I, he, I, wasn't I he, far off, he almost Lesnar's himself. Well, maybe that's where Lesnar got the inspiration to A, fuck his shooting star press, and B, fuck his wife. <laughs> <laughs> SummerSlam 96, <laughs> that was the key. Mark Mirror and Sable are out next with glittery attire and new haircuts. I, I thought that she had quite a strange hairdo. I also thought this. I thought it looked a bit more like a mum's hairdo. Yeah, it, 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 she looked like somebody who would probably be about 45. She is a mum. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but her but, hair... But, but, but her character generally yeah. is... She's not there to be the mum. She, she's there <laughs> to be... That, that's not her thing. She's it's to be the, the bombshell, bombshell type. Yeah. So get get a less mum, mumsy haircut. Or, or kind of maybe a respectable secretary. Or, or some handprint sort of like tit things and nothing else. <laughs> You didn't explain that well, but I know what you mean. Everyone knows what I mean <laughs> yeah. with that. JR says Sable is the most beautiful woman in the WWF, which Sonny also takes offence to, and questions whether Mero's rather wonderful fireworks display would make anything that Sable has implanted explode. Hot kettle black. Well, JR questions whether Sonny would know all about that, with Sonny offering she's all natural. JR kills it with, <laughs> yeah, you and Dolly Parton are all natural. <laughs> well, one of, one of Mero's pyro bits doesn't really work properly there's one side that isn't firing on all cylinders that'd be another horrible tragedy on this uh, on this pay-per-view if sable's tits had erupted <laughs> when she stood too close to a catherine wheel <laughs> goldust drapes razor over the ropes and marlena blows gold dust yeah, yeah. I, I also In- wrote that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on, I, I, had to, I had to kind of think back through the match then and see, see what happened. Marlena blows gold dust into Razor's eyes. Mm. Does that make more sense? <laughs> that, that sounds worse. <laughs> dust that is golden. Dust <laughs> that is golden. Marlena is also looking particularly busty today. Yeah, Marlena's looking cracking on this one. 
Das war doch nicht okay. <lacht> There's definitely a noticeable difference in ladies' outfits on this show. It's almost like between last month and this, someone's shown Vince like pictures of cleavage. <laughs> Go on, do that. It's cleavage city on this pay-per-view, I think. And hers is the biggest. So, so, of... so ultimately, where, where do you rank the four they of them? They look like a pair of fucking cantaloupe melons, don't they? They're, <laughs> they are massive and spread. Also, she's got a, like an amazing haircut. I don't know if I've banged on about this enough in the past, but it's... Okay. It's kind of let's think of the right the right sort of like hair metal star to to compare it to. It's it's like a more preened version of nineteen eighty six Bon Jovi's hair. So it's not got the perm to it, but it's got the size and the shape. It's a femulet. Oh, good term. Yeah, you like that. Yeah. Vince tells us that Marlena is full of spunk. I think that's her business. <laughs> that might well be sunny. <laughs> <laughs> It means it's got a different feel to it in America, hasn't it, that phrase? Yeah. And this isn't meant to be sexist, but several grown men struggle to keep two women, one of whom is very small apart. <laughs> yeah, like Marlena must only weigh about five stone or something. Probably. We get a great moment when that woman clumsily slams one of the referees onto another one. It looks like he's going to die. Yeah. I think he's like... She came into the company and thought, oh, I need to ask someone what to do. So she went to Albert Johnson and said, oh, what should I do? And he just said, oh, I just pick someone up to lob on their heads. That's what I do, and I get along fine. Brian Pillman emerges next, his arm in a sling, accompanied by an extremely different-looking Marlena. He, or much more likely she, given how much of her breasts are on display, gets a pop. Yeah. She's pretty much dressed like a prostitute. With a dog collar on. She looks good. Adam, no. Pillman makes her open the ropes for him before we get an extremely graphic upskirt shot of her entering the ring. I think that settles the debate as to whether she was wearing any panties or not. Uh, Definitely, but very small. (laughs) I wish we could just, as as sort of an accompaniment for this episode, put Paul's face currently on. (laughs) Are you all right, Paul? No. His outfit has also changed slightly from last month. Yeah, I think it's, it's slightly better. How has it changed exactly? Well, there's one prominent feature, isn't there, Adam? Is there? You know what, what? we're talking about. <laughs> what, 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 what is it, Paul? His penis. So you've been looking at Goldust's penis? No, well... It sounds like you have. You can't miss it. <laughs> so, I, 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 I'm joking. Yeah, you can see his cock all the way through this match. <laughs> I came home from work to find these two watching this match and discussing who would be handling Goldust's penis when the topic came up during recording. Second point down on my notes just says Goldust cock. <laughs> What's the first? Something about a clothesline. Oh, okay. but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was very distracting. I, I really haven't got very few notes in this match. <laughs> because it's, it's one of those things, you know, the Hypnotoad, once you've watched it, you can't unwatch it, or whatever the... It's Futurama, you've watched it, you can't yeah. unwatch it. Yeah. And and it's like that. But it's it's like there's some kind of, I don't know, what's it called, where like you have motion capture or something where your eyes are physically drawn to that part of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> because you think, it can't be that poorly dressed, can he? You think, like, he must have, yeah, tried this outfit out yeah. with people and someone must have said... Nah, nah, Dustin, you can see your knob in that. <laughs> but no, Evidently not. But no, no one that, did, and that, he never looked in a mirror. That material is A, very tight, and B, very thin. <laughs> and you've got a fat back. 
You're not going to give it MVP, are you? <laughs> Adam had it down on his first set of notes. He <laughs> <laughs> did do a drawing, but he crossed Most- it out. <laughs> Most valuable penis. Yes. <laughs> Is this gold? <laughs> it could be in a Bond film, Goldcock. Uh-oh. Oh, my! Sticks, this stuff is really lame. Okay. Forget about it. I've got it. What? Okay, this is the best idea that I've ever had. Okay. You know how The Rock has his people? Mm-hmm. And Kane has his Canaanites. Mm-hmm. And Hulk Hogan has the Hulkamaniacs. Yeah. What do you have? Gee, I don't know, Stace. What do I have? No! What? Yeah! You have testicles! You have got to be kidding me. No. As your marketing person, when I get done with you, your testicles are going to be huge. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great idea. Uh, I've got to ask this, right? Is it just me or does... I don't know if I've got particularly sensitive feet, but have you ever walked on a shingle beach? Yeah. Is that just me, or is that like the most painful thing ever? It's not the most painful thing ever. Walking it, on Lego is. <laughs> okay, yeah. Or or a plug. Or razor blades. <laughs> oh, no, don't do that. That's horrible. Or hypodermic needles. Yeah. Paper cut on your bellend. <laughs> That's why I always wear my underpants when I'm reading a book. <laughs> There's one thing I read in, in Viz magazine once where they had this false, false news story where they said they'd like... Basically, taking rabbits in clockwork orange, their eyes open, <laughs> and force them to watch loads of horrific images and judge their reactions to see what was the most horrible thing. And apparently, it was a paper cut on a bell end. <laughs> Have you, did you hear this thing about there was this builder in Australia who got bitten on his penis by a black widow spider? Oh, God. Why did he have that in a cupboard? Not in the cupboard, he was like on, on the dunny toilet. So, did you not hear about this? No. Right, no kidding. Like a couple of weeks later, there was the same story, and apparently, it was the same bloke. <laughs> Now, I don't know if that's a genuine story or if he's just got some kind of weird fetish. Yeah, possibly. The odds on that must be... Well, supposedly he was a builder and, you know, like those kind of port-a-loo cabin things? Yeah. It was in there. But how bad would that be? It'd be pretty fucking painful. I mean, I don't like spiders at the best of time. I was going to say, that last match probably had the most wrestling in that we've seen. But I think the match could also be called... What has the old person on your team got in their pants? <laughs> yeah, it, yes, it could. There's an audience challenge, if ever I yeah. heard one. George no. Animal Steel <laughs> and Jerry Lawler are on opposing teams. What, what, has, what has each person got in their pants to help them win? And, yeah, what's each person got in their pants and why? <laughs> <laughs> it's Paul's turn to read something out. I'm not reading that. I'm not reading that. I'm not reading that. Yeah, what's Jerry Lawler got in his pants and what's he going to do with it? Uh, that's a whole different yeah, question. Have <laughs> you heard? Just, just out of the, have you heard of the scrotum frog? Sorry, what? Apparently, there's a type of Is frog. This an affliction. No, apparently, there's a type of frog called like a scrotum frog because it's got like, lots of folds of skin. Because it looks like a ball sack. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> and do you think we've said the word ball sack too many times this episode? I mean, I've not looked it up because I don't think I want to see it. 
So I've never seen an image of one, but I was listening to something on the radio about it. Adam's going to look it up now on the internet. Let's find out what a scrotum frog looks like. And we we still have the live unboxing to come earlier. Later. What negotiations are going on between the New Gen podcast and Mike Tyson? (laughs) None. Spoilers, none. Yeah. When you type in scrotum FR, the first thing that comes up is scrotum frog. The second thing is scrotum frostbite. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a horrible affliction. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, that's it, apparently. (laughs) It does have a kind of scrotty appearance. Like I can guarantee, like the the kind of hits on Google for scrotum frog searches. This I'm gonna, I'm gonna, frog. I'm gonna double this month. It does look like I mean that kind of looks like a ball sack with like <laughs> limbs yeah. and a face. <laughs> Where is it indigenous to? <laughs> Fucking hell, Lake Titicaca. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. Have you ever seen a scrotum frog? Well, there's one. <laughs> That is so bizarre. The scrotum frogs of Lake Titicaca. <laughs> Someone's just fucking about there, aren't they, with names? <laughs> that, might, that might... I mean, that was... That was, that, a, that was just that was a model a somebody had made, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hilarious. So, scrotum frog. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down. <laughs> Definitely thumbs up for the scrotum frog. <laughs> How about this match? Which match was it? <laughs> Bubba hits an enziguri and a pair of boss man, or I guess Bubba, attacks. It doesn't sound as good really, does it? No. Bubba covers with his feet on the ropes, but only gets a two. There's a lot of feet on ropes tonight. It's better than cocks to faces. <laughs> Maybe they have a theme each pay-per-view. <laughs> but anyway, I think it was at this point, by the time I'd, I'd worked out that one of the things to spot was a shark. So I said shark and got 250 <laughs> points. <laughs> Remember when The Rock got boots to asses to trend on Twitter? Yeah. Do you reckon you could try and get cocks to faces to trend on Twitter? No. <laughs> we don't have that power. Mongo gets chops of his own, a hip toss and a back body drop. Flair fights back with a thumb to the eye and goes to the top, but Mongo tosses him off. Poor Flair, he can't even get his... <laughs> he can't even get his top rope thing in on Mongo. <laughs> You're saying... just laughing at tosses him off, aren't you? No, no. I, was... I am. <laughs> no, it's, it's just like... Adam, Adam, like, as soon as he started going to climb the ropes, Adam's like, this isn't going to end well for Flair. <laughs> I think we've pointed this out before. I mean, when does that ever work for him? Starcade 83. <laughs> <laughs> and once against, I think, like, Carlito. And in his last match against Michaels, I think, is the other one. No fear. No rules. No equal. Meet the Masters. So what's it going to be, huh? We have a team here or what? Let's move. An ex-Navy SEAL whose temper is dynamite. Follow me. An undercover expert who's always dressed to kill. Nothing to it but to do it. A demolition ace who's got a talent for destruction. This is a covert operation. We are being held hostage. Devil's Island is a fortress. The only way in is underwater. The team's dead. When the government has a job they can't handle. This calls for decisive action. They call the experts. I need your help. I am not going back into that jungle. Sure you are. No, I'm not. You know you are. You always do. We're not landing until I see the hostages. Can you see her? 
Safe and sound. Men die in our business. That's our business. Time is right now. You won't see them. You won't hear them. But when innocent lives are at stake, she will die a slow death. And terrorists are in control. Go! Somebody's gotta take charge. Move! Terry Hulk Hogan, Shannon Tweed, Carl Weathers, fighting for everyone who can't fight back. Duck! Assault on Devil's Island. We cut to a woman kickboxing to jazzy music. It's only bloody Shannon Tweed, star of many a late-night Channel 5 film in the late 1990s. Adam, what can you tell us about Shannon Tweed? What can I tell you about Shannon Tweed? I can tell you something about her. Go on, then. I think at some point she was married to one of the people from Kiss. All I'll say is for, for people who didn't experience Channel 5 when it first launched, so back in the late 90s... 97, I think, was yeah, the Yeah, like 97. The yeah. You, you know, the, the, the amount of erotica available on, you know, Channel 1, Channel 2, Channel 3 or Channel 4 was, was very low. And then Channel 5 launched. And kind of late at night, being a, a very young teenager, they... they they would show these movies that had words like naked, illicit, dangerous, yeah. scorned. And they all seemed to star this <laughs> one woman. <laughs> this one blonde woman in her 40s called Shannon Tweed. So, so to people of my generation, I think she might be somewhat of a legend. Well, I wonder anyone listening to this would be thinking... God, yeah, there only was like four channels at one point in the UK, and that's all you could get. I mean, Sky was the thing, so you could tune into like yeah. Topless Darts or something, but. That was definitely a thing, wasn't it? <laughs> topless Darts and Topless um, Weather Presenting. Yeah, that was definitely a thing on some low rent cable channel. But in your bedroom, you didn't tend to have Sky as a, as a child, or certainly I didn't. Well, in my house, I didn't have Sky. But you did have a TV, and but it I had did. A telly. And it did have Channel 5. And suddenly, you, you, you're bumping up the number from four to five, and it's quite a big deal. Was it? Huge increase. 20%. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Shannon Tweed, born in, in 1957. So yeah, she's, she's, she's 40 in this. Or well, 42 in this sequel, as it's like 98, 99. Oh yeah, kind of. I was, I was looking at when this film was actually made and I was wrong because of the wrong <laughs> film. She's the daughter of a mink rancher. A what? Rancher. Yeah, and I thought this might be a certain type of rancher. But no, it's a ranch for mink. Yeah. So yeah, you kind of heard weasels and skin them or something like that. I don't know. Sounds tricky. Do you have like a weasel dog? Skinning your weasel sounds like a horrible euphemism. I've been out back skinning my weasel. That's such a big... She started competing in beauty pageants at about the age of 20 after she'd had breast enhancement surgery, uh. which, which allowed a, a, quite a bit of success in this, actually. And she was Miss Canada. Wow. Is she uh, Canadian? In 1978. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> was the Mink Ranch in Canada? I, I'm guessing you can't be Miss Canada unless you're in Canada. Or Canadian. Yeah. yeah. But it says that she won this thanks to her singing. Oh, okay. Well, she didn't get to show that off in this film. No, I'm, I was thinking, but it's not the only reason she won it. <laughs> she was Playmate of the Month for our favourite magazine, Playboy, for November 1981. She was Playmate of the Month before we were born. 
How amazing is that? And then she was Playmate of the Year in 1982, which wow. was the year that we were born. So, yeah. lovely stuff. And she <laughs> lived in Hugh Hefner's Playboy Mansion for 14 months as his partner. But I'm led to believe he has several partners um, because he just can. So she was one of those half a dozen women who Hef deems to be his Lady non-attached friends. wives. Adam, like if you could be anyone in the history of the planet, would it be Hugh Hefner? If you could live anyone's life? No, it would be Ricky Morton. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was when living in the Playboy Mansion that she first met Gene Simmons. Ah, lead singer of Kiss. Yes. And she started her acting career after she uh, she moved out of that, so she stopped doing the Playboy stuff. And her first theatrical film was in 1984, and it was called Hot Dog the Movie. Which what? I believe maybe about hot dogs. I don't know. It's a cheeseburger movie. <laughs> cheeseburger the movie, starring Paul Scrivens. <laughs> uh, she's, she's been in more than 60 films. Wow. And is mainly synonymous with the erotic thriller genre. Presumably all erotica should be thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> so did this genre kind of crop up in the wake of Basic Instinct? Is that, you know, the Citizen Kane of erotic thrillers? I'm guessing you, you had that run of films around, so it's early 90s isn't it yeah. Basic Instinct and I seem to remember Nine and a Half Weeks Sliver Bound yeah so these these sorts of films that came out which were softcore pornography that you could probably take your girlfriend to see because it was arty and good or something along. arty and good well you, well you couldn't say let's go to a porno theatre you? you know but I don't know, but these were quite popular at one point in the 90s before the internet just destroyed it all. Do you think you could take Mrs. Scrivens to see a Shannon Tweed film at the cinema? No, I don't think they show them at the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> you can hire out cinemas now and get them to put on whatever film you like. You should take Mrs. Scrivens to see A Woman Scorned. That, that's the film that I remember most <laughs> of all, because my friend taped it on the television <laughs> and we watched it loads. And it's a story, Paul, it's great. We watched the trailer earlier. The trailer's about eight minutes long. <laughs> it's, she is a woman, obviously, who gets scorned, scorned when <laughs> her, her, her husband asks her to sleep with his boss, then gets passed over for a job, so he shoots himself... So she goes to the family of the man that took the job and gets a job as the son's nanny or tutor or something and then has sex with the husband, (laughs) wife and the son. It's great. That makes no sense. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't have to. Hell hath no fury, Paul, like a woman scorned for Sega. So she she did actually marry Gene Simmons. After being together for 28 years. Wow, oh, that's nice. Yeah, so I think it's a genuinely like, happy relationship. That was in 2011. Aww. Um, she's from Saskatoon. So she is Canadian. Yeah, which is just a great name. I, I thought she was from Winnipeg. And <laughs> You idiot. And there is apparently in Saskatoon, there is a Tweed Lane, which was uh, suggested during one of her reality TV shows, and then was council approved. So there is actually a, a Tweed Lane named after her. She had a reality TV show. Are you Shannon Tweed? It was a bit like the Osbournes, but with Shannon Tweed and Gene Simmons. Okay, I'd probably watch that. Probably less dysfunctional. She does have a video game out as well. A what? Yeah, yeah. Grab this. It's, it's, <laughs> it's called, I won't if you don't mind, Adam. It's called Shannon Tweed's Attack of the Groupies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. 
weird. But it does exist. I found it on the Steam sale. So you can buy it on Steam now for the nice sum of 39 pence. <laughs> and it's on sale until the 5th of July. <laughs> so you're going to pick it up? I don't think so. I can't really understand what sort of game it is. It's just got a comical name. I did have a brief scan through her filmography myself, and one of well, her early films... Well, that's... I mean, I have a selected filmography okay. to, real, to read out for you. So some of the more amusing films were the more interesting ones. So she was in Meatballs 3, <laughs> Summer Job, <laughs> which I can only imagine what that's about. <laughs> Body Chemistry 4, Full Exposure. <laughs> she was actually in Detroit Rock City, which is actually quite good. Yeah, that is a good um, film. Obviously, because it's about Kiss, isn't it? Night Rhythms and my, late night drummer. and my, my favourite Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death <laughs> I shit you not that was the film I was going to say yeah you've missed off a woman scorned there well we'd already mentioned stop going it. on about a woman scorned <laughs> she's, done, she's done so many films it's impossible to reel off that many of them um, I did notice that she'd appeared in two Frasier episodes though which I thought you, you would find interesting Paul that's one of your favourite shows right so but, but in quite a distance actually one in 1995 and one in 2001 okay wow. so it's the one in 95 the one in, does she play Dr Honey Snow she does yes because I don't know who she was before this before this I'll be honest so but I, I kind of recognised her there but she's a very beautiful lady like she is yeah yeah beautiful a bit like sable but with a personality yes she does have a resemblance to sable she does but yeah like way more charisma jeff chats to someone's mum sitting on a bike wearing loads of blusher (laughs) (laughs) he meets another woman with a mullet who says she'd do anything it takes to tame kevin nash and we're one segment into this, and, and my notes read, this is fucking painful. It's, yeah. It's, her, her mullet's trying to carry her through it, but it's not. it can't overturn this. I mean, surely, surely, somebody must have been there backstage saying, let's, let's scrap those sections, we'll, 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 we'll do some promos, we'll, we'll do whatever, we're going to fill that time, because this is not going anywhere I good. I, just, I wonder what the pitch for it was. Okay, plan. In between matches, we're not going to talk to wrestlers. I'm going to have some slightly rough, awkward-looking women sitting on motorcycles who don't know what they're doing while some guy comes around and interviews them about clearly questions they'd never heard before because yeah. they all look quite you know, rabbit in headlights whenever they're asked anything. They don't know what to say. Well, it's kind of asking them questions that, that are meant to be... Uh, or meant to a provoke bit saucy. A, a suggestive answer. I almost wanted the woman just to say, "Who's Kevin Nash?" <laughs> it was it was a little bit um, blind date. <laughs> that, yes, I've got that like a shit blind, blind date. date. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it was it was horrific. That <laughs> <laughs> no, because essentially this is all. I mean, it's quite di- different to kind of WWF kind of in the time period that we're watching because that's titillating is is perhaps the way to go yeah Sonny's job is now to come out and shake her knockers yeah whereas whereas this is let's make fun of some women which is incidentally her job in 2016 as well number seven Miss Becky a homemaker with Deirdre Barlow glasses that says her hobby is cooking bratwurst and french fries yeah that's weird like how is cooking chips a hobby and I think as we were watching this I said she's a bit rough (laughs) Number eight, Miss Trisha, whose graphic that says actually Mary, who looks young enough to be Becky's granddaughter, though allegedly her job is grain grain inspector. inspector. (laughs) And she says, 
Men in leather and flannel get my motor running. Uh, Eddie Vedder wears flannel shirts. Uh, it's, it's quite interesting, though, because grain inspector, that must be quite an unusual job. I mean, well, I mean what type I've of never grain? heard of one before. Is it, is, it, is, is it like grain as in barley type grain, or is it the grain of wood? Well, I was thinking maybe she might uh, be choosing the Willow for Cricket Bats, possibly. Or yeah. grain inspector, yeah. Or it could be like in Preacher, where he makes that guy count the grains of sand on a beach. Grain of sand inspector, yes. Yeah, and then the wind blows and he has to start again. Number Some nine, thing. Miss Mary, who is also a grain inspector. <laughs> who knows? And she too says men in leather and flannel get my motor running. It's highly unlikely that those two hobbies would come side to by side in, in a Miss NWO poll. Well, Maybe they, they work together, though. Yeah, best friends. <laughs> yeah. BFFs. Number 10, Miss Jody, a shipping and receiving clerk who counts bowling and playing the lottery as her pastimes. <laughs> oh, my. My, pas- my pastime is playing the lottery. My hobby is playing the lottery. What what a catch. Uh, any thoughts on her, Paul? Well, my, my whole comment for the whole of this is don't associate yourself with this, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff tells us that the audience don't decide the winner. The decision belongs to the king, Eric Bischoff. Eric joins us and says that in the NWO, they pick winners. I'm not sure they do. <laughs> Eric says that these women were chosen for a lot of reasons. One being that they lived in Cedar Rapids, so they didn't have to pay for a hotel room or a plane ticket, but mostly because they own their own hogs. Who doesn't love a woman with a hog? They mean a pig? No, they mean a motorbike. Okay. Hog. Bischoff says that the contest has come down to a tie, so he's going to ask the two finalists a single question to decide the winner. Bischoff says that the question and answer will be between him and the woman, so the audience won't hear, which draws boos. Like, why? Why, why do, and I've literally put, this is the worst TV ever. <laughs> yeah, I've put, this is horrible television. I'm amazed that you haven't said what was wrestling thinking yet. Is there an entire page of them? Ooh, hang on. He's it's, it's, it's put what was wrestling thinking, but there's lots of capital letters in there. <laughs> and, and lots of T's. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's perhaps more W's and T's. What? <laughs> Was wrestling thinking? Eric goes to contestant number two, Miss Laurie, who whispers in his ear. I guess Easy E likes mullets. Yeah, and this was the point where I said, okay, so it's come down to two. I can see why she's one of them. The hair. (laughs) Let's see who the other one is. Bischoff plays like he has a boner from her answer. Adam, what do you think he asked her, and what do you think her response was? I really don't know. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything that he would have asked her which would have got that response. I, I, I know I know what it's asked her. What? It, it's how do we get out of this horrible segment? <laughs> and she says, I don't know, go and talk to another woman. <laughs> <laughs> and that really excites Eric. Yeah. His second finalist is number seven, Miss Becky Barlow. <laughs> she... <laughs> She whispers to Eric too. He seems less aroused by her answer, but declares <laughs> Becky the winner, but not by name, because he doesn't so remember her name. Our winner, Miss NWO. <laughs> Eric Bischoff, on live pay-per-view, makes out with a 50-year-old Deirdre Barlow look-alike biker on a show that WCW fans have paid to see. And Twice. Like, now, Twice. this is the point... This is the point where I think we're supposed to understand the joke, but I still don't get it. Yeah, what's the what's, punchline? What's funny about it? 
I think I think the intended punchline is still to come, which I'll reveal to you in a minute. But my next note is, where are you going, love? Because she just does like um, a, a victory lap. lap of the ring, yeah. Of, of yeah. the ring. And she goes to slap the hand of that one person who pulls her hand away. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not touching you. But she must have been so embarrassed. I feel for this lady. Yeah, well, well em- embarrassment's sort of like coming up like double fold, isn't it? Because she goes to sit down on her throne. And I said, to, I said to Stuart as we were watching this, she's sitting on a toilet. And he goes, what? And sure enough, it pulls back and she's sitting on a, a giant toilet. <laughs> she's one missed NWO, been given some flowers, been made to humiliate herself around the ring, and then has to sit there on stage on a giant toilet. This is where we say, what was wrestling thinking, surely? But you talk about embarrassment, like, yeah, there's tons of stuff that I imagine if you were like a teenager and you order a WWF or WCW pay-per-view and your parents walk in, it's probably a bit embarrassing. But, like, imagine watching this and having someone walk in the room while what you've convinced your folks to spend 28 bucks on and what you've got (laughs) is Bischoff making out with some fat 50-year-old biker woman. Unbelievable. I put to you that she's not fifty. I think she's a lot younger, okay. but, but she's substantially rougher. I mean, I, I mean, the, the thing that I've put is not the punchline because I don't think it's a punchline, but it's almost the thing that makes something bad even worse for me. Is I think Eric Frederick Bischoff. The joke of this is when he gets back to the announce desk. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure he says this, but I'm fairly sure he says that she's beautiful on the inside. He does, yeah, yeah. And I and I think okay, so you've now gone through this whole thing of. That's clearly something that's supposed to be insulting, but you play it in a, a kind of semi-serious way, and then you just say we were just clearly insulting you the whole way along. And I think that's just actually just genuinely horrible. This is the single worst segment in the entire history of professional wrestling. Well, I've not seen all of professional wrestling, but this is the worst thing that we've seen. Right? This is the most just god-awful piece of shit television that we've watched, and we watched Uncensored 96. And King of the Ring 95, and In Your House 4. Yes. And tons of other random bollocks. Nazi stormtroopers in Smoky Mountain. Mini pallbearers. Yeah, yeah. All of that stuff pales in comparison to Eric Bischoff running a demeaning contest for, like, housewives where he humiliates them and then makes them sit on a toilet throne. I've never really been one to steal catchphrases, but there's one sentence that there's nothing more appropriate to say right now. What was wrestling thinking? I I honestly don't know. Here's the Wrestling Observer's take on this segment. Go on then. Miss NWO finally ended with the sight of Bischoff French kissing an overweight mid-50s woman to no cheers, even fewer laughs and a lot of gagging around the country. By this time, the show was about as much fun to watch as three hours of somebody masturbating. (laughs) In fact, I'm not sure that that isn't not what we were watching. Well, it depends who the person is that you're watching, in all fairness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah, I'm sure if we sold you a three-hour pay-per-view of Eva Marie masturbating, you'd be all over that. Probably more, more enjoyable than this. Well, yeah, true. There you go. Let me tell you the truth about the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is a homewrecker. Shawn Michaels ruined my marriage. Shawn Michaels ruined my life. I'll tell you how it happened. My ex-husband was a professional wrestler. One day when Fred was on the road, Shawn called me up and said that he needed to discuss a problem that he had with me. So I invited him over. Well, Shawn didn't want to discuss a problem that we had. Shawn wanted to discuss 
me, and him. Well, the discussion got pretty heated. Well, it got downright hot. And Sean and I were close, and he smelled so good, and he's so gorgeous. Well, we ended up going to bed together. He was incredible. He was the best I ever had. And after he held me and told me how special I was and how important I was to him. <laughs> yeah, I found out how important. The next time for the week, me and Sean were in the ring together, Zuss couldn't concentrate. He knew what had happened. He ended up losing the match. Sean got exactly what he wanted. Sean never called again. Sean just used me and threw me out like an old shoe. Sean didn't need me. And now, I see him doing it to someone else, and I just can't let that happen. Sean knew I couldn't resist him. He knew it. He ruined everything. Interesting side note is that during the, the end of this match, at some point, Mrs. Scrivens... Mm-hmm. She's all over this place. She really is. is all over this. But she said something. It was, it was like a little anecdote about earlier in the week where she offered Mr. Scrivens to go up to bed... For possibly some Fifty Shades of Grey action. And he'd not followed because he was working late on a spreadsheet. I like spreadsheets. Yeah. What did this have to do with this match? I don't know, but it just made me chuckle. Okay. Are you coming to bed? No, I'm working on a spreadsheet, love. See you later. I think you're misrepresenting the situation somewhat. <laughs> I thought the sportsmanship stuff at the start was pretty amusing, but it seems like the most interesting point in the match actually happened in the break. I did think Marlena did a good job of looking quietly pleased with herself. Yes, she did. Mm. As you sort of see that shot of her walking off after, you know, we see the replay of the spot, she does look like, yeah, I've, I've caused some dissension here. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm kind of upsetting the apple cart, so to speak. I do kind of wonder why she doesn't run off during the match when it's preoccupied. <laughs> It's probably what I would have done if I was her. Or at any point where, like, Pillman's asleep or something. Probably, actually, with the crowd there and lots of people around. And there's police officers, in fact. Why doesn't she go and talk to one of those? Mm. Although, I suppose, if Pillman does have a legally binding contract, you know, you can own a person if it's in a contract, right? I don't think so. Uh, Isn't that what marriage is? Scrivens? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Really isn't. It's like Mrs. Scrivens' triple X files. (laughs) It's, It's you in the shower. It definitely involve a massive inflatable penis. <laughs> oh, no, I'll, I'll throw my bra over the top of the shower. <laughs> the crowd does a Rumble-esque countdown as presumably they don't know who has won the toss. Kevin Nash runs down to the rings and, yes, you heard that right. <laughs> Arn attacks him, but quickly the numbers game catches up with the enforcer and the outsiders double-team him. Just so, on Kevin Nash, by the way, Adam, Adam informs me that he's in Magic Mike. Yes, he is. He's all over bus stops throughout the country. Is he? Have you not yeah. seen any of those? No, see, I've, I've not seen any of that, but Mrs. Scrivens went to see it the other night. Did she find Kevin Nash sexy? I, I, I think she found him big sexy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, she, she, she kind of didn't make too much to the film. Didn't make her top ten. Well, she, she didn't think it was a particularly strong plot. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it about male strippers? I believe that's the... Isn't it the full a... Monty starring Kevin Nash? <laughs> <It's> Kevin... <laughs> that's what she really has... <laughs> The full, the full Monty featuring Kevin Nash, like... Is it, so is Kevin Nash a stripper in this? I don't know, I've not watched it. 
I'm not sure that Mrs. Scrivens really knows who Kevin Nash is. I did say that the big guy who looked like he might have been world champion in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> Poorly booked, but I don't know if that really paid Narrowed off. it down yeah. for her, yeah. Lawler says that Robert's wife is in the crowd and rips on her a bit. Was she really in the crowd? I doubt it. Uh, yeah, because we don't see any... If she was, then she has been show used her. in WWF storylines before, but I don't even know if they're still together at this point. Right. Rick, but, but, Rude, Rick Rude had her on his pants. <laughs> what? True story. Rick Rude used to have like the the airbrush designs on his pants. Mm. He once had Jake Roberts' wife on them. Why? To piss him a off. Feud. Oh, so it's a deliberate part yeah, of the yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine if I had a pair of trousers with Mrs. Scriven's face brushed onto the front <laughs> of them. Would, would you be upset and want to fight me? I think Mrs. Scrivens would want to fight you. Well, probably beat her. Um, I, I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's something that can be used to, to get heat. On a side note, I now know what I'm buying you for your birthday. <laughs> like any of you Playboy cover girls have any ability at all. Take Tori. I proved that last week. And you? Definitely not. And I could prove that right now. Well. And certainly... Not the current Playboy cover girl, Ashley. And I'm going to prove that in two weeks when I defend my women's championship at WrestleMania. There's a reason why I haven't been Playboy cover girl. You know, they have begged me month after month. And you know what? I think it's beneath me. It's totally beneath me. I turned them down. Really, Melina? From what I hear, you don't turn much of anything down. Oh! <laughs> wow! And you've been beneath every single guy in that locker room. Hey! So if you don't want to take your clothes off for all these people, then I will. What? on the line. It's just me and you, Melina. A bra and panties match right now. Bra and panties match? Candice has challenged Melina for a bra and panties match. What about it, Melina? Uh, you're on. She's on. We're on. Bitch. Oh, my God. Bra and panties. They're going to get it on. Bra and panties. Can I just make the point now that Kane's big. Yeah. Kane steps over the top rope. Giant Gonzalez was big. Giant Gonzalez steps over the top rope. The interrogator is sold on commentary as being a massive, colossal man, yet goes through over the second rope. Uh-huh. Yeah, he does. Which yeah. is really bizarre. Like All massive characters, to sell that they're bigger, even ones where you kind of think it's cutting their nuts a bit to do it, yeah. like Test, always step <laughs> over yeah. the top rope. I just uh, wondered why the interrogator didn't. Maybe he fell over and uh, he practised it. But. At least he didn't do Molina's entrance. <laughs> If the interrogator <laughs> did Melina's entrance. Or Kane could do it, but when he landed, all the pyro went off. <laughs> like, Glenn, we've got this idea for your entrance, mate. You've got to stand on the apron. Yep, yep, wait for it. And then uh, you need to jump up and go split leg akimbo down on the apron. And then uh, sexually slide under the bottom rope. And as you do that, the pyro's going to go off. Everyone's going to go bonkers. <laughs> and he probably just said, no. Yeah. Not doing it. Just, sli- just sexually slide under. <laughs> like a sexy snake. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
instead of the big red machine, you're going to be the, the sexy snake. Kane. <laughs> the, big, the big red sexy snake. Adam, you'll probably have a lot more experience with Jim Neidhart than Paul. Yeah, yeah. He's the power man of the Heart Foundation, wasn't he? Good beard, good laugh. Well, I was, I was going to mention this. I, I'm going to say, are you going to have a beard of the night? Should, do you think I should expand out to beards? Uh, I think you Don't should. Don't get into WrestleMass territory, mate. <laughs> okay. Um, but right, but okay. I did want to know, did you know that beards used to be referred to as beavers? No. So Jim Neidhart's got a nice beaver on his face. That's what people would have said. So I did a little bit of research on this as, to why, as to why this happened. Etymology, I think it's online, yeah. offers that beaver, in the gynecological sense, is British slang dating from 1927, transferred from an earlier meaning, a bearded man, or the appearance of split beaver pelts. It's almost certainly just the hair and so both. This is kind of a second comment on the same page. Probably originally associated more with pubic hair anyway, which is why you now find split beaver used in an even lower sense. A third post on this was my favourite. In colonial times, it was thought that prostitutes spread venereal disease through contact with their pubic hair. Area, so that women were made bold in that area for health reasons. However, oh, health reasons. However, their clients did not like that look, and business began to suffer. Therefore, pubic wigs called merkins, merkins yeah. were manufactured <laughs> for prostitutes. So these merkins were made out of beaver pelts. Hence the term beaver. How do you attach it on? Do you like glue it on? I, I don't know, but I, I thought that was just a fascinating little aside. More to the point, why the fuck did you Google that? Yeah. Well, it's just. I, mean, I quite like it. It's interesting, but. It is interesting. The, the reason is... Cause it's I, a bit of a tangent. I thought, yes, it is a bit of a tangent, but like, you've asked, so I want to explain. Don't have that look on your face, Adam. A long time ago, I just happened to watch a very random episode of some kind of chat show with Frank Skinner, and he had this expert on beards on, and he had pointed out that the beard used to be referred to as a beaver. As a beaver. <laughs> as a beaver. As a beaver. Uh, as a beaver, and I just thought, thought that was uh, quite interesting, so I decided to look at the derivation of that. I wonder if it was like a popular beard look at a certain point. Uh, possibly. The, the, the way that it was shaped and cut looked like a, a woman's nether regions. And thus ends the five-minute discussion on Jim Neidhart's beaver. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Outdressed like a murica is Medusa. <laughs> That's what she's dressed like. Waving a big US flag. I wonder who the crowd will cheer in this one. Yeah. Medusa's outfit. It's very American. It's the flag, pretty much, isn't it? It's Wrapped it's, around her bosom. It's pretty knocker-heavy. I'll put this, she looks quite dishevelled, to be honest. I don't know whether it's some sort of trendy haircut or whether yeah, she's I... been rogered out back by someone. But... <laughs> I thought it's kind of the, kind of, you know, the messed up look. Yeah, it's a bit too messy. I think she's been on the Lex Express. What, what was the, um, <laughs> who was it that was in the interview with Ric Flair? Elizabeth? Yes. With the dishevelled hair? Yes. The sex hair is what you said. The sex hair. I also thought Medusa's pants were a bit bottom hungry. Well, yes, it was. It was kind of almost like kind of like cycling shorts with some kind of bikini thong over the top that was the American its flag. Way. Yes, I quite liked it. And we went to the Gifford Arms, recommended by Mr. Bryce Rensberg. Yes, it was indeed. It's bizarre. Oh, you know, we went to a pub on the recommendation of an American. from Bryce in Wolverhampton. Well, he'd, he'd been, been there before. before. We yeah. hadn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. apart from you, to see yeah. Rain Man. Yeah, but we didn't need to go to see any theatre, so... <laughs> but it was very loud, very sort of cramped, like rock and metal pub, which which played some good music. It, it seemed to be a mix of, like, 80s and 90s, like, metal, yeah. mixed with Rumours by Fleetwood Mac. 
Yeah, every now and again that would just spring up, wouldn't it? Like a random track from Rumours would appear, but yeah. Like, what... like, like someone's very limited iPod was yeah. shuffling through music. Yeah, I've got all this music I like, and then my uncle put this one album on there for that car journey that one mm. time. And it's the only full album on there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But as well, like it was extraordinarily cheap. I'll give them that. Like when we got there, (laughs) we're like ordering this round. It's like, there's about 15 beers on this or something. And it was like 30 quid. Yeah, it was like 36 pounds or something. How is it that cheap? And this is after, like, she didn't put like two pints of Red Stripe on there or something. So it would have been even cheaper if I hadn't been so honest. Hmm. Good pub. You saw a girl throw up on the floor. Well, it was really weird because there was. Careful how you say it, Adam. Yeah. We were standing at the bar and, like, by the windows, there was this group sitting of one guy and these three or four women, one of whom was just absolutely fucking stacked to the rafters with tits. She had... (laughs) She had two. (laughs) You're so crass. Stacked to the rafters. And... But she was wandering around getting people to poke them. I, she I'm, was. I, I'm, I'm disappointed she didn't come my way. But, <laughs> I think uh, she saw you rubbing your legs and dribbling. And, um, but uh, yeah. uh, there, was, there was literally, I, I was at the bar and I was talking to someone and I looked in their direction. I thought, oh, they're drinking tequila slammers. And then I went back, I took a sip on my beer and then I looked back and one of them just chucked a ball over the floor. Like, literally, massive, <laughs> massive pool of it. I thought, oh, good pub. Good pub. Hey, look at this! Xbox fell right on Tory. And the referee just counted down three, so Kitty, thanks to Xbox, is still the women's champion. Oh, there's a thing. Oh, 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 oh. Business has touched the bucket. Hit that here. Look out! The big red machine! Just threw Xbox right back in the pool. Putting everywhere! Hey, look at this! Oh, it's the outlaw! Two more members of DX! See, I thought this was a fine opener and a pretty decent match overall. These two will obviously go on to have what feels like hundreds of matches against one another, and they clearly have somewhat of a chemistry early on, despite it being a heel versus heel match. I want to go on record now, just randomly, as saying I absolutely hate the three stages of hell match from No Way Out 2001 that everyone loves. 
<laughs> I've never seen that. I want to see it. It just goes on way it too long. It goes on. How, how, how long? It's like about 40, 45 minutes in the middle of a show. So, so what's, what are the three stages of hell? I can't even remember. So I used to love playing those matches on the games. But I'd way rather watch this bout. I thought this, compared to sort of the later matches, is it's quite interesting to watch in terms of the context of where their characters go. I, I thought this was really quite good. On the, a, the slight divergent path when you did a three stages of hell match on the computer games what were the three matches that you would insert as the three matches i'd probably do a hell in a cell a tlc and then probably another hell in a cell <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible booking <laughs> or maybe like a hardcore match in there somewhere but yeah i'm presuming adam you did bra and panties fulfill your fantasy chocolate pudding uh, you match. couldn't put those matches in three stages of hell or three stages of heaven that would have been that would have been, <laughs> been amazing you could have a three stages of heaven match Vince, we've got an idea. <laughs> if only it was 2006 uh, again. Uh, foxy boxing, jelly wrestling, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, some, some kind of custard-based event. What is it with you and custard? <laughs> it just reminded me that you know, the suggestions brought it all back. I'd forgotten about the custard thing. Can you make custard from scratch? Why bother? It's so much of a pain in the ass. I've always said this. I mean, you, you, you get stuff for what about? You used to, I used to be able to get stuff for 11p from one of the I forget which one. But it was really good, instant. Yeah, so Add why, water. why bother from making it from scratch? It doesn't really taste that much better. Well, Mother Scribbins, she always makes it from scratch, and I, I personally just prefer packet stuff. As a corollary to this question, Adam, if you were in a sexy elimination chamber with six <laughs> divas of any era, with the winner being the first one to make you submit, who would participate and who would win? That might be the best question of all. I did, uh, yeah, I saw this one. So He's done some research into this. Did, did a few notes on it. He's mocked up some stuff. He was in his room for about three hours <laughs> with the door locked. He built six pods, uh, four pods, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Two would start in the bed with him. <laughs> <laughs> and at five minutes, <laughs> the diva would, would, would join the melee. So who's in it then? That's it. That's brilliant. Yeah, that is genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They should uh, put that in a game. Well... <laughs> The sexy elimination chamber. <laughs> you could unlock it. It's in 2K15. Please, can you Photoshop a sexy elimination chamber? Yeah, yeah, I could probably do that. I was thinking about like who had been in it, and I started thinking of like people, women. <laughs> <laughs> no, first it was people, <laughs> and then thinking... you narrowed it down. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of. Women with good wrestling to go in it, you know, like Bull Nakano or, or Medusa or Aja Kong or any of these people. But then I thought... The key is in the se- title. Sexy elimination chamber. So I changed... I just forgot wrestling ability and just stuck anyone in there. I'd have Trish, but it, it did say from any era. And I'd have this where she first turned up with Test and Albert. And was greasy. Extra greasy. Steph, I've always been a big fan of Steph. Yeah, you have, yeah. Um, I've just put just post boob job. What year was that? 2001. 2001, Steph. I uh, like the way that you know the dates will do the surgeries. <laughs> Here's a fountain of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Lillian Garcia. I think she's been quite consistent looking, so any era, Lillian Garcia. Obviously, Kelly Kelly. Kelly Kelly, now. We, we must discuss Kelly Kelly. Why? She is the default diva. Yeah. The, it, it became, the default diva, that's a brilliant It became impression. like a bit of a joke amongst us, is that she really didn't have a look or personality of her own, and she was just like, almost she, the default setting from a SmackDown She's the slate game. where you get your creator wrestler and then you put qualities on. She is the, the green model. And then we found out that her name was actually Barbie Blank. And it was even more hilarious. Was, yeah, perfect. And a- around these parts, she's always been referred to as the default diva. Yeah. 
But I've always had a... Because she's a Barbie doll. Yeah, I really quite like Kelly Kelly. I don't remember anything she's ever said. <laughs> I'd have EB. Really? Yeah. Because she was, she was only around for like six months or something. She was the paramedic, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, so I think she's got a bit more intrigue. And Sunny. 95 Sunny, I presume. 95 Sunny, I think. And who makes you submit? Uh, well, Sunny would win via some kind of dirty finish. <laughs> Using any of the type of drugs that she may be on at the time to make everyone tap out. But who's making you submit? Sunny. Sunny. So she's making you submit as well? Yes. So she has to incapacitate the other divas in order to make you submit first? Yeah, one by one with various substances. (laughs) Good answer. Good question. Yeah, that, that was a cracking question. Ashley James Clements, with Adam mentioning in the last New Generation game that Kelly Kelly is the default diva, my challenge for him is to take attributes from past and present female wrestlers to create the total diva. But you can only use one attribute from each wrestler, being physical or skill, so he can't just say Sonny from 1996. All right, then. Well, I did have a bit of a a think about this one. It's the one thing. we'll, We'll start from the... Well, we'll start from the bottom up, but it's not actually from the bottom. From the feet? From the feet up. Okay. Feet attached to legs. I go for Stacey Keebler's legs. Well, that, that's an obvious Because you one. need some long legs. Then then I'd, I'd swell it out a bit with Naomi's butt <laughs> going on here. <laughs> Can I leave the show? Is it too late? Uh, and then I, I thought about, you know, maybe having Beth Phoenix's broad torso. <laughs> but, but broad torso? But I decided to, to refine it into Maria's. And Maria's? That, that includes the arms as well. <laughs> but hang on. Cause I couldn't think of any specific arms of divas that I liked. <laughs> but, but the thing is, right, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I've, I don't know this for certain, but I've got a fairly good guess that you're going to go from torso to, to, to higher chest area. And then this, this woman is going to have somebody's, like, stomach, somebody else's upper chest parts and then back to the torso person's arms are you crazy up up a chest part tits okay thank you well no they they, they just they just they just fit on the front don't they well these ones do so i i I chose sunnies for it you know because they're they're one of the most natural looking jobs that the uh wwe has ever done adam the anatomy expert (laughs) yeah um the, the one thing that I really couldn't decide on was face. <laughs> Doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> so I'd probably just have to leave it at Kelly Kelly's. Okay. You know, Eva Marie's hair, <laughs> Sasha Banks's personality, Paul Nakano's wrestling ability, and Lillian Garcia's amazing ability to defy time. <laughs> well, you've not had any mention of Trish or Lita. Or Sable. I know, I know weirder. Couldn't think of a voice either. Just oh, not Deborah's, not Sables, <laughs> not China's. Nicole Bass. I never heard her speak, but I imagine it sounded something like Ron Simmons. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> Can we edit this whole thing? <laughs> hey, the question was asked, and I just answered it honestly. But like, let, let's try and make us not sound like. Really people. bad people. It's how, not us, it's just him. How is that bad? You could have said, you know what, 
beauties in the eye of the, eye of the beholder. All all of these women have fantastic skills. They're all lovely people, and I, I would like to treat them chivalrously, all of them. <laughs> and thus, the birth of the new attitude heroes. <laughs> but, but no. <laughs> but I do have one in particular that I'd like to finish this set of the new generation game on. Go on and this one is specifically for you, Paul Scrivens. Okay. It's from Tom Roper, and it says, Paul Scrivens, we are both maths enthusiasts, chemistry graduates, and wrestling podcasters. How did you meet a woman? Well, it's a long story. <laughs> T- tell us the road to meeting a woman. The road? I took Mrs. Grimms to see that film, and we both hated it. <laughs> um, I, g- I guess it started off when I met her. <laughs> I'd known Mrs. Scrivens for a little while before I actually asked her out, but the first time I asked her out, she did turn me down. How did you ask her? What, what was she It was really bad. It was just, just, just kind of through sheer fit and me not being terribly good with women, as you may guess from that question, kind of mathsy, chemistry, wrestling y people aren't necessarily like the, the most. Uh, lady killers. Uh, unless it's sexual chemistry. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that's your new gimmick, sexual chemistry, Paul Scrivens. <laughs> sexual chemistry, Paul Scrivens. Well, that is what my degree was in. <laughs> sexual chemistry. What, what classification did you get? Well, well, I did, I did my modules. I did, I did my, my organic chemistry, my, my physical chemistry, and my sexual chemistry. <laughs> 20 units. <laughs> I had a three-hour lab every week. It's <laughs> <laughs> really sore by the end of term. <laughs> So you asked her out and she turned you down. Yeah, Tom asked... Roper needs the details, come on. Okay, yes, yeah, so, so I asked her out and she turned me down. And like a, throughout this time I did little things to kind of try... It sounds, sounds bad, bad to use, but not buy her affections, but earn her affections. <laughs> <laughs> not a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, not a pretty woman situation. I've not seen that film either. But... <laughs> So, so one of the things I did is, is this is not long. We talked about the Wii last episode, didn't we? I, I'd bought a Wii from your shop, actually, in Bedford, I, I, I believe. Yeah. And one of the things I did very soon after buying it is I took it round to Mrs. Scriven's house, where she lived with her friend, and I left it there as a bit of an excuse to kind of keep going round and ah, playing subtle. it. subtle. Well done. My problem is I'm wildly competitive, and, <laughs> <laughs> and so I would, if I was loose, I'd just get really upset and have a bit of a paddy. Which probably didn't paint me in a great light. Um, <laughs> so I did that for a while, and then did like really nice little romantic things, like a, a bought her a plant. It was a Venus flytrap. So then I, <laughs> so so like I bought her that one week, and the next week I went round with a box of dead flies. Um, which but you bought or caught? This was bought. There was there was a room in in my work which had lots of dead flies, and so I kind of got them all into like a little matchbox. Didn't really work. Didn't help, didn't help them. So, so this kind of went on for for a little while, and I thought, well, I've got to kind of seal up, the up, deal, up your game, up the ante. So, <laughs> again, this sounds worse than it actually is, but I effectively broke into her house <laughs> <laughs> with Adam's help. Sorry, what? I say broke in. I, I was I was good friends with her housemate at the time, and and so we kind of organised a ruse. To, to get Mrs. Scrimmins to go out of the house. So once when she went out of the house, I went into the house. I had a key. It wasn't like breaking the lunch or anything. But it's not a crime because I cleaned up the place a bit. So, so <laughs> I, did, I did a quick tidy, you know, then I got some champagne out. I, you know, put candles around, put some nice music on. I, I got, just through an earlier conversation that we had, I got a particular episode of Friends 
What, what, what kind of cue to put? What's to you? nice music? It was Newton Fortnight. It's it something that, that I knew that she she liked and was into. Yeah. So, yeah. I know I like it. I like Probably it's... get some Morrissey. <laughs> Hairdresser on fire. Okay, <laughs> would have done it. But so so yeah, I did this. But then I thought, well, this is a bit dodgy. Like it might look a little bit like intimidating, stalky to, to them. But we were, we we're guessing on fairly well. So I thought it was on reasonable ground. It wasn't a complete out of left field. Yeah. But what they did is I kind of left a bit of a warning note that they had an outside door and then they had like an, an inner kind of door. By the way, someone glass. you don't expect to be in the house is in the house. So, but basically, yes. May, but, may have trousers on. But, well, I did have trousers on. But it was a little bit more romantic than that and kind of explained that the soul's in there and, and, and whatever. And the, the only problem is she kind of, she came in and she went to put on the lights, obviously, which I'd put out to make it look how it was, was before. And the lights tripped. So, like, all the power in the, all the, power in the house went off. <laughs> so she couldn't read this note. And, and kind of, I had to kind of stumble out to help her find the, the, the trip switch. And kind of, but anyway, it went all right. And it, it clearly worked. It was clearly endearing enough to work. And, and one thing led to another. And then there was a baby scrivens. And then there was a baby scrivens, just uh, just five short years later. <laughs> so, so, so when you were planning this whole breaking and entering, yeah. romantic gesture thing, what 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 would you have calculated your percentage chance that it was going to go well? Reasonable, like like uh, over fifty, <laughs> closer to a hundred or closer to fifty. It'd probably be around that seventy five percent. The problem is, I don't have great self confidence right. when it, when it comes to romancing and so so I kind of kind of like when you look back and you look back at the signals you, you kind of think of course she liked me it was obvious but but as somebody <laughs> <laughs> but as somebody who wasn't very se- secure in himself at the time it was like does she like me she could have made that clearer <laughs> you, you know <laughs> she's, she's put kisses at the end of this text message but what does that mean exactly what's the code here how, how many do i need to get before i'm on a safe footing so all of those little clues or, or cues i didn't necessarily pick up on but yeah i thought i was on relatively safe ground and, and you were it turns out and and it was turned up but but the, like literally the great thing is like, i did get adam to help me kind of set up as it were because i had all this stuff that i wanted to take in so like i, I was the accomplice yeah so so like getting getting like the champagne flutes out ready and setting up all the candles and get, getting everything lit quickly because I kind of got her on this uh, I say kind of ruse to go out I, I got my friend who she lived with to say that she'd gone to a shop but forgotten her purse and that she had to go out and take her purse <laughs> to go and buy something but so I, I knew that I'd probably have given the distance at least 10 to 15 minutes <laughs> kind of that was my window in which to kind of get everything tidied and everything set up I don't think you told me this plan before we did it what did, did, he, did. what did he tell you you were I, doing? I planned it like two days in advance. I don't know. I can't imagine what, because I can't really remember. I can't imagine what I thought. <laughs> you as weren't I, drunk. As, <laughs> as, as, as I left the house, having left you in there tidying up with a load of candles, <laughs> I don't know what I would have thought. I'm glad it went well. Yeah. See, see, I remember when you got a girlfriend, because you used to come and see me. This is when I lived away quite yeah. a lot, and, and then you stopped. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but, but... Thank you all for but, listening to Late Night Love with Paul Scrivens. But I, feel, I feel more sorry for, for Adam because we lived together and then eventually Mrs. Scrivens pushed you out of the house. Yeah, yeah. But that worked out great Me- Metaphorically or literally? Kind of both. But physically, right? <laughs> they shoved right out. But yeah, so, so, so that led to 
Adam and I's story of how we met and uh, first asked each other out, and, and that's a really and interesting I, I got story. home to my house one day, and uh, <laughs> oh, Stuart was, just was there. in there, and, uh, and the house was full of candles. And, and I was helicoptering my penis. <laughs> <laughs> and I called the police. <laughs> <laughs> but then changed his mind, and and it all worked out happily ever after. Yeah, so my, my story, I think, when I've, I've told people that story in the past, there's, like, there's two reactions. It's like, one is, oh, that is the most romantic thing anybody's ever done, or... How did you not get arrested? It's, it's kind of, <laughs> it elicits those, one of those two responses, and I think it's like who you have in mind to play the. You were treading both those lines. Uh, I think it was a fine. Yeah, fine. You're a risk taker. Yeah, that's me all over. <laughs> that mathematical risk taker, me. <laughs> Well, well, that is a lovely story, and what a romantic note to end this episode on. You have to play some nice, you know, like romantic, romantic mu- music, music underneath. underneath yeah. Maybe like M People or the Lighthouse Family, a Crazy for You by Madonna, or Let Loose, or something like that. Savage Garden, please play some Savage Garden, or, or Maria McKee, Show Me Heaven. I wonder if there's an eight-bit version of that, that. That that's a good song. Yeah, yeah. That that that. Thanks, Paul. So, Tom. You've, you now know what you've got to do. There is a 50% chance you'll get arrested. <laughs> yeah, I'd, but there's a 50% chance you'll be married with a kid. I, I, I would say that that tactic that I've described, it worked for me, but it, it, warning for everyone, it is not for everyone. <laughs> Repeat, this is not a licence to go and break into somebody's house. Please, don't try this at, at home. home. <laughs> yeah, literally, please, I don't want to, I don't want to be like the, the, the source of any lawsuits. The scapegoat. Yeah, be, because, yeah, it, like... There's this tiny part of me that just think, oh my God, what if it had gone wrong? <laughs> and like, I could your have life been very have, serious your, your life would have taken a very different turn, I think. Yes, this podcast would. would have been celebrating your release from prison. Yeah, quite possibly. But it isn't, and it didn't, and it went well, and you're very happy. Yes. You have the time to be happy now, and you seem happy telling that story. <laughs> I'm very happy telling that story. Splendid. You can find us on <laughs> Facebook at facebook.com slash New Generation Project Podcast. We are also on Twitter. At the two hours long. New Gen Podcast. You can, as ever, rate, review, and subscribe for all of our episodes as soon as they are available on iTunes. If iTunes isn't your thing, you can check out new episodes on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash newgenpodcast, on Stitcher Radio, or on piledriverwrestling.net. Episode 69 will see us tackle possibly the most anticipated event in the history of the podcast. It's Sunny Side Up, In Through the Back Door. We provide a comprehensive blow-by-blow analysis as Paul wears earmuffs for three hours. It was episode 69, I guess. Yeah, do you get the joke? It was episode 69. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, you don't look amused. My name is Stuart Brooks. I shall say goodnight. Bad watch, goodbye. I'm at Yes Paul Scrivens, goodbye.
freaky wanna date I keep on demonstrating My love, my love, my love, my love My love, my lovely lumps My hump, my hump, my hump My hump, they got you She got this bandit Spending all your money on me Spending time on me Pick up this bandit. All that ass inside the teeth. I can make you make you scream. Go, keep going. You got it. You're the rapper. You had any messages, Adam? Nope. About 200. Any hot bang requests? Hot bang requests? I'll get some awesome spam come through. Yeah? Mm. Insta affairs. Yeah. Uh, at work affair alert. <laughs> Loads of stuff like that. These are from actual women he knows. <laughs> are they? <laughs> I don't think so. I never open up the emails. Do you think there might be some kind of like spam and, and kind of virus? Uh, probably full of viruses, yeah. 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 But um, like, just, just like on my, my Facebook page, like, quite often it will come up with some kind of dating site. And there's lots of women who just want to date me right now. <laughs> and, and they're all roughly my age and attractive. <laughs> you're, you're a lucky man. Yeah. I know. It's, it's remarkable, really. <laughs> where, where was this before Mrs. Scrivens? <laughs> 